everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. Just a reminder, hey folks, what reminder am I going to give right now? This is not a spoiler-free podcast. We may say things <laughs> that happen in future episodes of the show. Fish, is this a spoiler-free podcast? No, no, right. it's not. Correct. So folks, you heard it here first and second. I am Melissa and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? I'm good. I I feel like, you know, we're getting towards the end of the season and I'm going to be guessing a bunch of stuff and we just might be spoiling everything. So chances are there's going to be a lot of spoilers in here. <laughs> I mean, seems like it. <laughs> Or wrong guesses. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Also possible. Also yes. possible. Well, today we're going to talk about at least season one, <laughs> episode 21 of the show Felicity. This one was called The Force, which Fish had some guesses last time about what it was going to be about. And she was partially correct in some ways. And in other ways, she was way off. But we'll we'll talk about that, I'm sure. This one originally aired on May 18th, 1999. A director, I don't think we've seen him before, Robert M. Williams, Robert M. Williams. And the writers, this was a team, J.J. Abrams and Jennifer Levin. We've certainly seen them both in a number of episodes before. And the description of this one is, Felicity suspects one of Megan's spells when final stress is exacerbated by a series of sudden relationship mishaps, including Noel reconsidering a drive to California with her. That episode description almost doesn't feel like English. Uh, <laughs> I got lost in the reading of it all. Um, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> our conversation will probably be more useful than that summary. Yeah, that does not seem like a sufficient summary for this episode. Yeah. Uh, hmm. But nonetheless, that's what they gave us. So we get to correct that now, though, by having a whole chat about this episode. Fish, what stuck out to you? Where do you want to start? Oh, all right. So I'm just going to start out saying I'm not loving what's going on in this episode. And I'm hoping that through our conversations or something that you say, kind of change my mindset on all this stuff because I'm really not loving it. And I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed to hear that JJ Abrams wrote it mm. because I so much did not love it. Why? Tell me why. What what did <sighs> what name one of the things, if there are many, name one of the things that you didn't love and we can start with there. Or summarize I'm, all of them. Whatever I'm makes well, you feel good. I mean the main thing for me is so it's it's very clear they're setting up you know this cliffhanger ending mm -hmm. that they have for the season and i mean there's so much randomness that happens i mean look if felicity and ben are going to start liking each other don't make it through magic spells, develop your characters. I mean, it feels so lazy. Mm -hmm. And and where the hell did Nicole come from? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, like Noel just 
didn't know that two weeks, you know, <laughs> that his, his internship started two weeks. I mean, there was so much randomness in this episode. And uh, I, uh, the main thing is that I really do not like the quick setup of, you know, just there's potentially going to be something between Felicity and Ben in the future and, and not developing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think one place then we can start because you covered a lot of ground there, but one thing that I think sums a lot of that up maybe is the fact that they leaned on magic so heavily in this episode as a device and as a story structure. They've done a couple different, they've done a few different episodes now in season one where they played with the story structure. And, you know, they, we, we just came off of documentary, uh, documentary, we, um, you know, the fugue, I would say was playing with it, even, you know, something like finally had the timestamps as we went through. And this was different in that it had tarot cards and it sort of was, let's see, how many acts would we say this one was? One, two, three, four, eight. Was this considered like an eight act episode, the way they broke it up? Um, so I don't know, does, does magic feel like a place to start to get us rolling? Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's a little unfortunate that I don't like magic as the device that's gonna, that is, you know, again, potentially bringing them together because I absolutely love everything that Megan is wearing. Mm -hmm. The sets are just fantastic around that. All of the little things she uses for, you know, goth slash Wiccan, whatever. Um, I mean, that multicolor tank top that she was wearing with that necklace, I think is her number one outfit. It may be everyone's number one outfit. Um, so, I mean, I loved everything about how that looked and felt, except for the actual use of it mm. in the show. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So in terms of what didn't you like about the use of it in the show? Well, I, I mean, I thought it was funny and fine for Felicity to be clumsy and she was hilarious um and the forgetfulness you know all of that could be psychological right Mm -hmm. um and by talking to sally felicity does say you know i'm rational i don't believe in magic but i do believe in fate and so i'm trying to look at it from a fate perspective but you know at the end felicity comes back to do you believe in magic? You believe in that? No, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing, you know, with um, clove was the missing ingredient in Megan's spell for, to make people fall in love. And then they find clove during the inventory and drop it. And, you know, they're looking at each other and you know, Megan had taped the the picture back uh, incorrectly 
so that now Felicity and Ben are next to each other instead of Felicity and Noel. And for me, again, that there have been little hints that I thought were very good, that they have done very well, like the Halloween pumpkin carving and, mm-hmm. you know, looks that Ben gives Felicity and all this stuff that, that we've seen developed, but none of that has been happening recently. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they just hit us with it mm-hmm. and, and use the excuse of magic instead of, you know, giving them time to get out of their current relationships and into one with each other, or at least start focusing on each other in the midst of other relationships. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't like, as I said, it feels random. It feels undeveloped. It feels lazy. Okay. I think that's fair. I mean, certainly mm, being Wiccan and and the magic element and the goth element are all important parts of Megan's character. And we haven't necessarily seen her doing much in the way of spells in the past, but I think it's not a far stretch to think that she would be doing it here. But it does sound like the part that was a bridge too far for you was where they leaned so heavily on this device that it replaced explaining a logical way for the characters to get where they're getting. Yes, that yeah, was a very I, nice summary. I think that that's fair, um, you know, because this is in character for Megan. And there are, you know, pieces of that they have sort of done the setup for some of these things. And you've certainly picked up more in the past episodes on some of the moments you thought Ben was having with Felicity or some of the looks or some of the way his feelings might have been changing things that I wasn't necessarily tracking myself. But they might have dropped the ball in it being a, not recent enough. I think one thing that this episode does, and I know we're being very overarching about our description. I'm sure we'll get into things, you know, specific threads soon. But I mean, one thing that whether magic or not was at play, uh, whether it was at play or not, I think that the piece where, you know, Ben and Julie are on the rocks, that has been in front of us for a while. So that, that is something that I fully believe embedded in this story works, even if there's magic that's pushing it along a little bit, there's this, that was set up for a long time. We've seen it coming. So I think you, like me, need a little story construction to make it work. Yeah. And I don't feel like the, the Julie Ben stuff was really pushed along I guess, by the magic in the story mm-hmm. um, because that starts happening earlier. But here's the thing. They they have been on the rocks. There was absolutely no need to bring Nicole into this out mm-hmm. of, again, nowhere. Remember all those episodes where I was like, where's Nicole? Mm-hmm. She's here. <laughs> yeah. She shows up and yeah. just like immediately starts humping Ben's leg. Yeah, like, she's a lot. Did you, yeah, where did you come from? Why is this happening? It's not even needed for the Ben Julie story. Mm-hmm. So all, I mean, what I wrote down here was, this is the first time I wrote down, and I wrote this a number of times afterward, so effing random. 
Yeah. This is the first time. Something that does happen though, as a result of Nicole. I think, I think one of the things that Nicole being brought in moves forward is the fact that Ben's starting to confide in Felicity about that. So I think to me, part of what was important about that storyline, if, if nothing else, because frankly, maybe nothing else was important about that storyline is that, you know, Nicole shows up at Dean and DeLuca, Ben's being sketchy, Ben has Felicity cover for him. It creates this conversation and they, the conversations that Ben and Felicity have earlier in the episode are like real, some of their most natural friend-ish conversations, you know, like they're being really transparent with each other. Ben's telling her a lot of stuff about his, what's happening in his life and the inner workings of what's going on. And I think it's prompted by Nicole. And then it leads them into a conversation about how he's feeling about Julie. And Ben's sharing a lot with Felicity in the early part of this episode, which we'll get more context for as we get later into the episode. But I think, you know, Nicole at least is a discussion point. She's a, you know, she's a conversation starter <laughs> um, between men and Felicity, if nothing else. And, and again, I think maybe she is there for nothing else. <laughs> like she's not even really, I don't know if she's still with Lynn. So what else is changing here right now? I don't know. Yeah. And I can't imagine they're going to develop the Lynn, Nicole, Ben issue enough for my satisfaction to of like just pulling her out of nowhere. And Ben is forcibly asking us not to develop it. He's like, I'm setting boundaries with Nicole. You need to go, you need to stop coming on to me or I'm going to go tell Lynn. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't want this storyline anymore, says Ben. Ugh. Okay, so then I guess she listens to him and it doesn't happen again, which just again makes it more random. I don't think it was needed. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you wanted Felicity and Ben to talk, you know, Felicity starts off by saying, you know, Ben did a really brave thing in, you know, talking to his mom. And Ben says that she sent money, but he doesn't have enough for the ticket home. And I mean, I've got so many issues with this, right? Okay. So first, how about this though? So, okay. We've, I think we've covered everything that happened in the episode and <laughs> like glossed over version. So I'm just trying to decide is the better way to tackle the deeper details of this episode to look at this, you know, character, a character at a time as we often do, or is it better to look at this from the tarot structure? Because there were eight different tarot cards that were put up on the screen to break the scenes apart. And it would appear there was some sort of a theme for each section. So what feels like a better way to tackle this for you? I think it would be better to go the way we normally do, just because, you know, I was looking back at the tarot cards and I don't feel like they really do reflect everything that happens in each section. That seems fair. So we can circle back to that later on, but, you know, so, well, one thing that, where do, who do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Ben or do you want to start where we start, which is Megan? Um, I guess I'd rather start with the Felicity Ben stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Well, I think one thing, and I'm curious how this landed for you because last episode was, we're going to say the rock bottom for Ben in terms of the, the most prominent issues he was dealing with. Obviously he still has a lot to work through with his parents and his family that doesn't go away, but the, the money troubles were a dire situation for him and connections. The last episode that we saw, um, and he, he ended that one with calling his mom, having the incredibly long, awkward silence that I reflected upon at the end, uh, which apparently in that space, she was fixing his problems because, <laughs> you know, we open this episode or at least the first scene that we see with Ben telling us where he is, is that he talked to his mom his mom has some money that's tied up in the divorce proceedings and, and, you know, it's not all roses for her, but she is sending him the money that she can send him, which is enough to cover, you know, some of his tuition woes, but he didn't tell her about the gambling, which I don't know what conversation he was having with her on the phone, <laughs> but whatever. He didn't tell her about the gambling. And so she didn't send him money to cover that. So he does have to figure out um, you know, he's using any additional money that she sent him to pay back Barry, but he now doesn't have a way to get home. So a lot of his problems are solved. Now he has an inconvenience on his hands, but, um, you know, we pretty much tied up a lot of stuff with an offline bow in in his opening in this episode. So how did you feel about that? I wasn't thrilled with it. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, it is nice that we open up with the two of them in sort of the bright, sunny, airy Dean and DeLuca, you know, he's happier, they're talking, my mom sent some money, um, but it is, it's, it's tied up off screen, and it's really convenient that Felicity just happens to walk by a board and find, you know, this guy who needs someone to drive his car across country mm-hmm. so that Ben, you know, can get home without needing a ticket. Mm-hmm. So I get she says, I believe in fate, but for me, it, it's all really convenient. It's mm-hmm. his mom sent him enough money for tuition, but exactly enough isn't there to get his ticket home and then she finds something for you know this this couple's trip that they can do across country um yeah it's all very convenient yeah Um, and and we're gonna find that it's extra awesome for ben because not only does he have a ride home you know a guy who's moving his family to from new york to san francisco and he just needs somebody to drive his car without getting it dinged on the way back. And not only is he going to let Ben drive his car, he's going to pay him because he's doing a job for him. So Ben's getting paid 500 bucks plus he has his ride. So he's floating in it now. He's got, he's got no problems. He's all, everything's good in life. Ben is worry-free. Yeah. And I think we'll come back to this, but you know, Felicity does start off by saying Ben did a really brave thing mm-hmm. um, in calling his mom. 
Yeah. I don't know that it it was I mean, I guess it was brave because he could have gotten hurt. Um, but I don't think it's consistent with a lot of his other actions for the rest of the episode. So um, of this episode? Of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm finding some conflicting things going on, and, and maybe that's just her perception again of of Ben doing a brave thing, but that I had to come back to because in other parts of the episode, I just did not feel like he was doing the best. Well, that, you know, we're getting the word brave is her interpretation of it. And she's saying that she she didn't know anything about the Nicole stuff at the time either. So she's, Mm -hmm. this is her interpretation of what Ben's actions equal. Um, and you know, the Ben stuff, we're seeing those scenes as if Felicity is not there. And that's, you know, in theory, how it was really happening with Ben and Nicole. So I guess there's that, but there is one other thing that happens at Dean and DeLuca in that same scene, Danny, the new assistant manager. Oh, Danny. Yes. He's working on, he's got a talent show at the orphanage coming up. Ben's wondering (laughs) if he's going to (laughs) perform. And he's like, no, I'm an usher. <laughs> um, and I like, I, I don't know that we've gotten interaction between Ben and Danny. So I enjoyed that very, very much. And so now Danny has to reluctantly, as the reluctant assistant manager, assign inventory to Ben and Felicity on a Friday night. And Ben's all, inventory on a Friday night? Come on, man. Um and, you know, Danny just apologizes profusely until he's out of the conversation. Very <laughs> <laughs> much. Uh, device set up. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Danny, for your it's service. That also convenient. Yes, yes. Danny, you know, here he is doing his Danny thing. And, you know, I also enjoy, <laughs> I enjoyed how, because Felicity has this clumsy spell on her for Megan's first in- incantation, when she drops, she breaks cups or whatever it is, and uh, yeah. and Dean and Deluca they and they fall and they shatter and there's just you know a mess on the floor and Danny comes over while she she's kneeling down next to it to try to figure out how to clean it up. Danny's like, you don't want my help with this, do you? And I just thought back <laughs> to the last episode where he was just pushing a full plate around. The floor yes. <laughs> with a with a giant broom and a and a dustpan that can't handle the plant the plate size uh and i just thought no you don't this is not the guy you want helping you pick up stuff no agreed um i mean danny was nice for some some laughs and i really enjoyed carrie russell in this and and all the clumsiness i mean she i didn't realize how good she was at physical comedy Mm. she really is yeah she did a great job the part where she falls off the bed we watched that like three times she's brilliant so good so good as an actress she's certainly since felicity done a lot of very physical roles um you know she had a role what was the mission impossible movie she was in and then she, the whole everything she did in the americans literally every single thing she did was i mean she was a spy um, so she had a lot of really physical stuff, but we're seeing hints of that here with the physical comedy that she's doing. And she's a really good comedic actress. You, you wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. think of that, but 
she's got a lot of funny <laughs> moments in the show. Yeah. But so I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, I did too. But so, okay, Felicity and Ben, I think it's worth saying that now that Ben's problems have been solved and he's got this ride home, it starts a cascade of invitations. So Ben invites Julie to come. Julie invites Felicity to come and Felicity invites Noel to come on this road trip. So they would all be driving from New York to San Francisco together on, you know, like you said, a couple's road trip. Yeah. And Felicity invites Elena, but she's not available. Mm -hmm. She's looking for a hospital job in New York. if That's what they're calling it. Sure. She is. Yep. Yeah. Um, So should we follow I feel like if we follow Ben, we'll hit a bunch of stuff because I think it'll be hard to just follow Ben and Felicity. Yeah, let's, we'll let's, let's keep following Ben. So if we're just going to keep following Ben, you know, as we're sort of setting everything up, the other thing that gets set up here, which we've hinted at already, is that Noel's gonna start, Nicole's gonna start coming, Noel's gonna start coming out to Ben. Oh my goodness, that would be wild. Totally um, different show. Totally different show. <laughs> and I am sure there is some fan fiction out there that uh, explores that, but uh, that is not what we are looking at today. That's not what's happening, but I I want, hey, artists out there who are Felicity <laughs> fans, show us something with this, right? So um, no, what actually happens in the episode is that Nicole comes on to Ben. He's at the payphone working out this arrangement to catch up with this guy with this car. And she just shows up and she's into him. She's got, you know, she's got feelings for another guy. How do you feel about me, Ben? And she gives him a little kiss at the payphone. And she's coming on, she's coming in hot, Nicole is. Yeah. She is aggressive. She is real aggressive mm-hmm. uh, and random, as I've said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a weird kiss because she leans up and kisses him and he doesn't pull away. He doesn't really get into it. He's almost, it, it felt to me like he was being polite mm-hmm. by not pushing her away. But this yeah. is the start of the Ben is not brave thing that I'm talking about. The whole, everything that he is doing with Nicole and Julie, you know, and maybe it's just one of my personal hangups, but there are just these guys who refuse to take, you know, ownership of anything. And it's like life just happens to them. Girls just happen to them. Like they didn't do anything. They didn't, you know. And, and we will see Julie completely call Ben out for this. Uh, and this is kind of the start of it. You know, he, he doesn't push her back. He doesn't, you know, move away. And it's very clear she's about to kiss him. Yeah. Just it's almost like um, if you were to run this scene and give Ben the direction, stand there look awkward and uncomfortable and in one version nicole comes up and kisses him and in the other version he's standing there alone i'm not sure if there would have been any difference between the two scenes because he's so non-reactive except in how bashful he is 
that it's like, was she even here? <laughs> like, <laughs> did she, is she doing like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild. Uh, he's, he's kind of his, he's unreactive directly to her. He is reactive and that it makes him uncomfortable. So you can see the discomfort, but you can see that he's non-active in solving the discomfort. Right. Exactly. Things are just happening to him. Yeah. I think it's like, he can't do anything about it. I can't like, you know, Heisman her, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can just, again, take a step back You do what, remember when Noel tried to kiss, was it, did Noel try to kiss Felicity at one point and she just like ran away? I mean, that's like half of season one, really. Um, So (laughs) yeah, do that. (laughs) Yeah. And then we get to, you know, an awkward moment and another awkward moment with Nicole later when um, the four, the four of them, Julie, Ben, Nolan, Felicity are at probably Epstein bar planning their route for their road trip. And they're, they're talking about all the places they want to go. They want to take a Northern route Felicity's still under the clumsy spell. She knocks a glass off of the table and Ben leans down and he's the one who's picking it up. She's feeling embarrassed. He takes action and starts to pick it up, which gives him an opportunity to look up while he's on the floor and (laughs) see Nicole. There's Nicole just staring at him creepily. Um, She thinks seductively, but nope, creepy. I I did. I wrote a attracts creepers Mm -hmm. next to Ben. I mean, it's not the first girl who's, you know, been after him like that. Mm -hmm. But um, looking through the script, I saw what Nicole's direction was, which Mm -hmm. was to look at Ben with lustful intent. Wow. Okay. Right. Which I, I guess it was, but to me, it was more like horror movie. Like I'm gonna stalk you and like yeah if you had the right music in the background this would have been a horror film yeah like (laughs) (laughs) absolutely you only need the music and everything else still played the same comes out looking scary yes Mm -hmm. oh man yeah so yeah we're on the same page there yes she's a lot she's a handful she is a lot but you know i mean Lynn is, I mean, he's in love with her, right? He's Mm -hmm. so loyal and he loves Nicole, but they are just like hot chicks everywhere. What is a guy going to do? Yeah. So this is another conversation. We walk into this conversation of Ben and Lynn and Lynn's just, he's ruining the day, sort of. (laughs) It's like there's just hot chicks everywhere in New York. And Ben's like, yeah, it's a city of hot chicks. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, Lynn. Like, I. And you see all these things happening in this episode where it's like, you know that Ben isn't interested in Nicole at any point, but then they're putting Lynn and Nicole on the rocks. And so Ben's sitting there like, wait, are you two breaking up or what's happening here? Like, I'm still not interested in Nicole, but what's going on with your relationship? And so you get this whole bit with Lynn noticing hot chicks, but loving Nicole. And it's like, all right, what's your, what's your deal guys? Yeah, I mean, if he just wasn't so loyal, mm-hmm. loyal Lynn. Yeah, 
he'd be swimming in a majority of objects. Apparently. <laughs> um, also in that same scene, we, we finally got to a fun little line that mm-hmm. for those of you who have written in and gotten a response from us by email, you would know that we included a quote from one of the episodes in the signature of our emails. And I had chosen... Ba-da-da-da, gum is not candy <laughs> violin yep yes, and we she got did. to this episode here how did you feel about that one i i still love the quote it was a little anticlimactic yeah um because i thought it was gonna be a little more like you know ta-da this is the quote and no it was just sort of a chill a chill offhand comment by lynn still mm-hmm. brilliant yeah but- I can feel that you felt it was anticlimactic. It was anticlimactic, (laughs) but you know, look, you you go for deep cuts here. That's a really deep cut. You know the show. (laughs) Lynn himself might be a deep cut. And then, you know, to pick a line like this from him. But, you know, I will say gum is not candy would appear to be the refrain that he's had to bring numerous times to Nicole because he's like, we've had this conversation. (laughs) Gum is not candy. Like this is this is the worst part of their relationship. <laughs> well, yeah, it's probably the worst part, except for her coming on to other random dudes. Except for that part. I mean, yeah, he doesn't know about that part, I guess. Yeah, so he's off. He is off to get some candy, and Nicole is ready to get some <laughs> sweetness of her own. Wow, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> she wants a little sugar. So proud Come of you. Um, wow. Gosh, yeah. it was brilliant. Oh, let's <laughs> put that one in a little bottle and capture it forever. Um, yeah, Nicole just wants to talk about this kiss. Then she wants yeah. to talk about other kisses. And then she wants to talk about, am I making you uncomfortable? And then she wants mm-hmm. to make him uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Boy, Nicole is coming in hot with Ben, yeah. like I said. Here is where I put aggressive because you know he says, look, I'm not uncomfortable. The kiss was nothing. Let's forget about it. And she says, nope, mm-hmm. don't want to forget about it. I want to hump your leg. She's like, oh, oh yeah. so your uncomfortable meter needs to register higher than this? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he's being, he's in a way, I think as much as his reaction for you isn't checking out because at this, I guess because at the start of this episode, Felicity is calling his call to his mom brave. And then the rest of what you're seeing in this episode doesn't track with it. This is sort of like, if you think back to earlier this season when basically Felicity was Nicole, but no, I mean, Felicity wasn't nah. quite like this. Felicity, yeah. Felicity was eager and innocent, and Nicole is like very assertive and uh, and really not reading signals whatsoever. Oh, she's reading them. But she's, she thinks she can and I would around. Yeah, I I wouldn't even label her assertive. She's aggressive, mm-hmm. and she wants to be aggressive, and she doesn't care how she's making him feel. It's like she thinks that Ben's discomfort is a road to his comfort. She thinks this is part of the process that she just needs to work through. It's like maybe a system she's done before. I don't know. 
um, with Felicity at the beginning of the series, Felicity had this crush. She had deep internal feelings and it was almost like, you know, every time she got a rejection from Ben, she'd be like, oh yeah, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. And then it kind of crushed her, but she felt even stronger internally. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot that was internal with Felicity. I think there's a lot that's external with Nicole, but I think in both situations, you know, if you think back to how Ben handled Felicity at the start of it, or even like that staircase scene where she's like, yeah, I'm into you. And he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm flattered. I'm really <laughs> flat. I'm the, she's like, yeah, that's the perfect word for this. Flattered. Great. <laughs> We found the perfect word for this scenario, (laughs) but he, in that situation too, I think that up until she confronts him at his apartment, when Julie is at his apartment and she yells at him and she's like, you made me fall in love with you. And he's like, okay, now this is too much. Like you're, (laughs) you're just too crazy right now. But really up until that point, he was being awkward and running his hands through his hair and doing a lot of really similar things. Felicity was not pushing it as far as trying to physically kiss him um, for him to, to, for us to see that physical reaction he would have. But I think this really tracks in terms of how he handles it when a girl throws herself at him. So listeners, do I agree with Melissa? I'm going to say no. I know that was for the listeners to answer, but they're not here. So not. you might've been screaming it <laughs> into your device <laughs> listeners, um, but we couldn't hear you. So I think the answer is no. Yes. How do you feel about this fish? I feel the opposite. Wow. That almost <laughs> never happens. Almost never. <laughs> um, the thing is, so I, I don't feel like Ben was awkward with Felicity. I feel like he was sort of calm and in control of himself and he was being kind. And actually I gave him a lot of credit for the way that he dealt with a very uncomfortable situation. Mm -hmm. Here, you know, it's going past, way past, you know, Felicity's kind of physical interaction with him. And he has a girlfriend. And so this part I found a little weird. If we back up for a second to where they were planning the couple's road trip. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Nicole has already kissed him. Mm-hmm. And yet they are planning this road trip. And Ben says, yeah, we can go anywhere and is accepting, you know, Julie and everyone else's comments. And it's fine. But then we get to the next scene mm-hmm. with Ben and Julie, and it's it's with this car. And Felicity is there as well. Yes. And so Felicity and Ben and Julie are all there to see the car that needs to be driven to San Francisco. And, and they're meeting the owner as well, who keeps referring yes. to the car as the baby. His baby. Hmm. Um. And yes, so the owner's, you know, he's buffing up the car and he's telling everyone about it and he's saying, don't, you know, ding it. And he's kind of, I mean, he's not grilling them, but it does feel like he's kind of testing them out a little bit just to make sure that they're all trustworthy. Um, And Julie happens to say, 
you know, I, I almost got a ticket once, but I cried my way out of it. And it just it was one of those nervous things that really didn't need to be said. Yeah, it didn't. But it also the, the guy didn't then turn around and say, oh, well, then you can't have the car. You know, there was no consequence for mm-hmm. that. And, you know, Ben snaps at her and mm-hmm. just like, yeah, like, what was that in this really annoyed tone? Yeah. And then she also says, um, you know, the only thing I want to do is go and see Graceland. Mm-hmm. And he says, we're not going to see Graceland. Everyone sees Graceland. I mean, this is, he has been snapping at her in the past mm-hmm. and it's been about his gambling and he hasn't apologized. Now it's just becoming a thing he does. It's just a pattern. It's like, yeah. this is just how they are now. And I almost feel like he's trying to pick a fight so they can break up. It does which, feel like that. Right. And to me, yeah. that is such I mean, that's such a coward move, which he continues to do. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, just say what you're thinking. Sit down and have a conversation. Don't try to make the other person break up with you because that is, it's just the, it's the coward's way out. Yeah. So this is the start of Ben as the cowardly lion. Um, except he's not going to get his courage back. And it's so. hard to say like where, where this evolved along the way, because we've been seeing for a little while now that Ben has these snappy moments with Julie. And initially he would, he, you know, the first time or two that it happened, he snapped and then immediately apologized. Like, I'm just, here's what's happening. Like, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And then, you know, we got to a point where he would snap at her or was feeling anger because he was in a really bad situation for himself. And he just wasn't on the other side of it yet and wouldn't think to apologize and probably didn't even really register that he was hurting Julie by snapping at her. And now it's about the most mundane stuff. And this is just where they are. And so I don't know at what point, I don't know what percentage of this is a pattern that evolved and was naturally going to progress and what percentage of it is at some point he realized he didn't want to be with Julie anymore. And when that actually happened, because I think both of those things are at play here, but when was the moment like that? He, he just thought this is too serious with Julie. I can't do this anymore. You know, at at what point did it become that and not just snapping because he was stressed? I mean, my guess is after, after his mom bails him out, I mean, that it's just a guess, but it's like, all right, he's oh. 18, right? He's been going through all this heavy stuff from, you know, rape and trauma to gambling to not being able to pay for school. And he does kind of what a kid would do. And he does have this option, which is he calls and he gets the money from his mom. And all of a sudden this weight is lifted off of him except Mm -hmm. he's still stuck in this relationship where all that heaviness still exists he's been you know gambling around her he's been hurting her you know he's been dealing with her trauma you know her you know the stuff with her mom her birth mom um 
none of that is going away. And he can't just call his mom and have that go away. But you know what he can do? Is get rid of her. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah, that does make sense to me. If we're gonna, if we're gonna put a a time stamp on when he's finally thinking this can't keep happening with Julie. I think you're right about that. I think that he, now that he's seen the pressure lift, he's realizing that there's just this sort of perpetuation of toxic conversation happening with Julie, not toxic because she's toxic or net more, maybe because he is, but because they have nothing to talk about, but really traumatic, heavy events. And I think he is, and they're heading into the summer now and he's Mm -hmm. feeling a lightness about him and it's not matched by what he's going to get from Julie. So I think you're right about that. Yeah. And in the background, he's got this woman who is just not going to let up. Mm -hmm. I, I love the setup for this next scene with Ben and Nicole because she calls through the call box and he is in his apartment. Mm-hmm. And what you see is this giant, what looks like a steel door mm-hmm. with the call box next to it and mm-hmm. three absolutely humongous bolts, which I assume came after, you know, the robbery, right? Yeah. But I mean, Ben is safe as long as that door doesn't open. <laughs> okay. So I just have in my notes, don't let her in, exclamation yeah. point. Just don't She uses don't the do old, it. just bring in your hot chocolate line. And he's like, oh. But she didn't <laughs> say that before, before. I mean, she didn't even offer their hot chocolate. She just said, she says, I need to oh, talk to you. Yeah, I just want to talk to you. And I've got huge lock on door, three bolts. Don't let her in. Mm-hmm. This is the horror movie moment when you're like, yeah. don't do it. Don't answer the door. You know what's out there. Yeah. And what's Again, out there? Uh, just put the right music behind this. Everything here comes from a scary movie because then he finally does let her in and you're like, don't let her in. Don't let her in. Don't let that's what the audience does at a scary movie. Yeah. And then the person does it anyway. And yeah. then she comes up. She's mm-hmm. at the door holding a nondescript brown bag that apparently has hot chocolate in it. Who, I ask you, puts hot chocolate in a bag? Of that size, too. And, yeah. and how did it not fall over? Exactly. That's why you don't put hot chocolate <laughs> in a bag. This is why. This is They make, they make trays. Uh-huh. If you had one, you could put it in one hand. You yeah. can get one of those little sleeves to keep your hand cool. Oh, yes. If you had two... Hey, you got two hands, Nicole. Uh-huh. Like this is this is a solution. But nope, she's got a bag. Oh, we think hot chocolate, or I don't know, like dead rabbit bodies. I don't know. Could be. I you know, could be. I mean, yeah. The so other thing that. she has, it which I'm sure Melissa didn't notice at all, is a super cute dress. All right, this. I did I mean, notice the dress because she unzips it. So there's like a lot well, of focus on the dress. Pre-unzipping it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very cute dress. And as she's walking in the room, what do I notice? No bra. You got the nips out there. Like, mm-hmm. that's not a good sign for this. Yeah. I mean, 
he's a guy Ben must have noticed. And he's, <laughs> I love when she first walks in and he lets her in. He could have just ripped the hot chocolate bag of hot chocolate out of her hands and yeah. left and had her leave. But no, he lets her yeah. in. But he, his back is like up against the door as she walks <laughs> into the room for pretty, kind of a little while before he finally steps in to the room. Um, but he's like, how, like, what's the furthest point from Nicole <laughs> in this space? And he picks it. But uh, so he would have had a really good vantage point to see the dress and everything not underneath it. Yeah. And I mean, all the things I have to point out, it's summer and she's bringing hot chocolate. That's Mm -hmm. weird. It's summer and her nipples are hard. That's weird. Um, But it is a cute dress and it does have easy access, which is exactly what I wrote down. Mm -hmm. And Ben's basically like, all right, look, you're here. You know what I think you should do? I, I think you should go talk to Lynn. Like, this is not. Bring this hot chocolate to Lynn or whatever yeah. is in this bag. Yeah. This is not something I want to be involved with at all. Mm-hmm. And Nicole's like, I love Lynn. You know, just like Lynn loves her. They're in love. But, you know, Lynn's got all these hot girls he's looking at. And Nicole's got, well, this guy that she really wants to, you know what, um, because she's not clicking with Lynn. They're not clicking. Mm-hmm. And the so, fastest way to get over a crush is to act on it, she says. She's course. just doing a service for everybody in this situation. Exactly. I mean, it's it's humanitarian work, really. This is what she's doing. She came over to do humanitarian work. <laughs> <laughs> and I should know. Uh-huh. And, yeah. you know, she starts to sort of like, you know, play with the zipper on her dress a little bit and then mm-hmm. pull it down. And Ben is like, how do I look anywhere? But like, <laughs> he's so uncomfortable, but he's not stopping her. No, he's not stopping her. And she asks him, do you want me to stop? Well, he does say yes, but he's, boy, does he say a reluctant, slow yeah. yes yeah he's mm-hmm. like yeah and yeah and she's like oops there goes the rest of my dress and she's just standing there in her underwear no bra just topless and he's yeah. just like oh my god what do i do what do i do and oh wait before we get to what happens here's what, what i want to ask uh-huh. what do you think would have happened if that scene were just to have continued between the two of them I think that Ben would have stopped it. I don't think that he would have continued. Do you think she at least would have been able to kiss him again before he stopped it? Hmm. I don't know, because even in the moment where, God bless him, Sean walks in, um, (laughs) it's not like, I mean, the, the situation that Sean walked into was Nicole was staring there, was standing there proud and topless. And Ben was not coming closer. He was standing awkwardly, sort of hunched over, huddling, rocking back and forth <laughs> in a corner. You know, like this does not look like, I don't know. I don't put it past Nicole to be as aggressive as trying to pursue more. But at what point does it you just don't? equal raping Ben? 
Right. I mean, you know, like I I don't think it would have gotten (laughs) that far. I think I, I just, I don't know where Ben's final line would have been. Yeah. Because I think there were a couple of, of like gender role reversals in this episode, which I thought, Mm. well, I thought one of them was refreshing this one, not so much, but basically like, we don't know what's in that hot chocolate. I mean, or it even is hot chocolate. Whatever. I mean, but I assume (laughs) for for my theory to move forward, like if she wanted to roofie him, okay, then she probably wouldn't have lied about it being hot chocolate. But I mean, you know, she brings over a roofie drink, and who saves the day? You already said it, Sean. Full in a china shop, Lumberg. Yeah, he just. This is the. This is maybe the first time that we've been really thankful for Sean to barge into a room, and the only time (laughs) that he's ever really understood what was happening. (laughs) And like the good news for us is that Nicole was not being subtle because Sean can't do subtlety, but by Nicole being so very clear with her signals. Sean By is having very, so very little clothing on. Yeah, she, he is pretty sure what that what he walked into here is not good. No, well, he doesn't know if it's good or not f- for them. Uh, at least I don't think I don't know that he really picked up on Ben's signals because it was it was a fairly quick look at what was happening, mm-hmm. and then a very quick exit to the side with a brief hello oh, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only time we'll ever see Sean do something that quickly yeah <laughs> and I'm I don't know I'm a little surprised I guess that we don't get a scene where Ben explains what was going on to Sean because I can only imagine what is happening in his head? I presume that did that scene did in fact transpire. I mean, Sean yeah. sees Julie all the time, right? I, so that's yeah. not a secret that like it's not a secret that Ben is going to want Sean to have to keep without like he, he's not just going to be like whatever you'll figure it out next time you see Julie. <laughs> like I feel like there's going to be some sort of preemptive explanation or you know I. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, this was very one-sided. And if you really thought about the scene you just walked in on, you would see that. But he'd have to draw that conclusion for Sean in a conversation. <laughs> you'd have to connect all the dots for Sean to yeah. be able to get him there. I mean, I I would have enjoyed seeing that conversation, though. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been fun. Yeah. So, oh, well. But so then... We get to a point where we're back at Dean and DeLuca. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed a technique that they used in this scene twice, where you have this like really awkward side approach for a character into the camera. Yeah. So <laughs> the they're just in the main area of Dean and DeLuca. You see Felicity and Ben and they're working. And then all of a sudden, Ben obviously sees something happening and he, he sees Nicole walking towards the door. We haven't seen that yet, but um, Ben flees into the stock room. He's, and, and he just has enough window of time to say to Felicity, I'm not here. 
<laughs> you didn't see me. <laughs> you didn't see me. He runs into the stock room and, and uh, again, probably rocks back and forth in, a cor- in the corner of the room for a while. And now Nicole comes up to the register. She sees Felicity and she's like, hey, is Ben here? Felicity's like, uh, he's not here, I guess. Uh, <laughs> she puts she puts it all together and realizes that this was the prompt Ben was giving her. So Nicole leaves. Felicity now has questions. She <laughs> isn't really sure what just happened. And she starts walking towards the stock room. And I just love this moment where Scott Speedman just like pans in from the side with a really startled and scared look on his face. Oh, genius. That was, oh, that was one of the best moments. He was just, it's this quick entrance where he's just like back in the scene, but there's this little tiny window. So all you can see through Mm -hmm. the door is just his face with this, this look, the startled look, very startled and wary. Yeah. <laughs> He's a world weary kind of guy right now, or Nicole weary kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so he has to start explaining because that that's going to create questions. Yeah, uh, he comes yeah. He, he now so it's now safe to come out from behind the door. He did take yes. your advice this time. He stays behind the comfort of you know the safety of a door he while can Nicole's learn. in the room. He can learn. Yeah. And then once she's gone, it's safe to come out. And so mm-hmm. he and Felicity have the rest of their conversation just, you know, at the at the coffee machines, just, you know, just uh, out just in the open. Talking about it. I mean, no one else is there. So, yeah, Ben is like, look, um, she's been sending some signals, mm-hmm. very subtle signals. <laughs> Yeah. And she's like, well, what kind of signals? He's like, well, number one, she kissed me. Yeah. Plus he's like, what? <laughs> right? and he's like, and then uh, she came over last night, took her clothes off. That was signal number two. <laughs> what? The way he's delivering this, it's like, he, he really doesn't seem to be interested. He's like, it's so nonchalant. He was like, okay, second, second signal took off all our clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You remember that scene when uh, Noel said he was going to the hypnotist and mm-hmm. Guy just turns around and says, you know, you said that like it was normal. Yeah. That is exactly what I thought of here. I was like, hmm. that's a good parallel. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't he really does not. The way that I'm reading this off of Scott Speedman's choices is not he's not interested in Nicole and and when he confirms that with Felicity it doesn't really seem like something for her to question you know it's like this is not a guy who is delivering this like he was intrigued it's a guy who was like she's a pest yeah and who takes her clothes off (laughs) I mean yeah he just doesn't want to deal with it and I mean, I love Felicity's face because, um, you know, Ben walks by her and and her face is just sort of she turns around and looks at him and just the look of shock, just utter shock. 
And of course she asks, because they're friends, like, well, what did Julie say? Mm-hmm. And Ben says, well, I haven't told her. And and now Felicity thinks that maybe maybe the last spell that Megan put on her was a mind reading spell. <laughs> so she's going to try to read Ben's mind Ooh, through the rest of this conversation. She's like, what are you thinking? And he's like, uh, <laughs> what's happening here? And she's like, you're not having thoughts, like second thoughts about Julie, are you? And he's like, well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's like, all right, well, what's going on? He's like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's just, you know, he's, he, I think this is actually one of the first times, if not the first time he has said out loud that it is too serious and heavy for him. Yeah. I, I think he's working it out like almost in real time. Oh, you think this so? Episode. He, you think, okay. During this episode, yeah. I was going to say, do you think that he has been thinking this and the first time he's articulated it is to Felicity or is he just work, have, coming to the realization? Because, you know, part of this too is him making sure Felicity is like aware that it's not about Nicole, but I think that he's well set up for this not to be about Nicole because Nicole just walked into a room and he hid. His first reaction was to flee. So like he could have not done that. He could have had a quick casual conversation with her. Felicity was there. There were other customers in Dean and DeLuca. He had the protection, like safety in numbers, I guess. Um, but he didn't do that. About, we keep talking about like protection. I mean, this is a tiny little girl. I like, know. <laughs> really doesn't. And this Come is what I'm strong. saying. He's like, he just doesn't want to deal with stuff. So he's like running away. He's hiding. He's you know, he doesn't put his foot down until a lot later, doesn't tell Julie about it. And I, I think the reason that he doesn't tell Julie about it is again, he doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't want to deal with a fight and he doesn't want to look, if he tells Julie about it, then he has to say something along the lines of she kissed me. I'm not interested in her. And that is, while it's true, it's kind of not, it's also not breaking up with Julie. Yeah. It doesn't it, lead them to the breakup. He it wants. puts him on a road where he then has to like prove trust to Julie, which is. Yeah. Not, Unless he actually breaks up with her, which is yeah. what he should do. Yeah. But he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do anything. He yeah. wants to hide in the corner. Yeah, and rock back and forth. So yeah. the, you know, Felicity's having this conversation with him and she's like, it's just a little too serious. And then and then she kind of walks away from the conversation and then she does the same technique for the second time in this scene, which is such a funny moment to me where she has walked away. The camera just shows Ben and an espresso machine and then whoosh, Felicity swoops back in from the side. She's yeah. like, and if you break up with, Julie, because of Nicole did a strip tease, I'm going to kill you. And it's just like, I don't know. I just, I really liked the abruptness of the, of that work here that I will say that I can't remember. I don't think we've seen any episodes. I'm going to look really quick. I don't think we've seen any episodes directed by Robert um, Williams before. Um, 
director, director. I don't see him on the list of directors we've seen previously. There was some stuff he did that I really liked and some stuff that I did not. And this was something that I liked. I thought the comedy of this like side approach was great. I think, you know, the, it really, it provided a lightness in a scene yeah. where a lot of information needed to come out. So I appreciated that. Yeah, and at this point, you know, and, and this is where I'm saying, I'm not buying the magic, right? Because even in this episode, Felicity is saying, you know, you and Julie are perfect for each other. She doesn't seem jealous. She doesn't seem into Ben. Like he's all distracted by, you know, all the women in his life are just, he doesn't want to deal with any of them. Mm -hmm. um, except his mom who's giving him money. Yeah. So, I mean, he's an 18 year old guy, fine, you know, fair he's not perfect but you know it's I I just don't think they they did a good job of creating an atmosphere where Felicity and Ben are developing feelings for each other yeah I don't know I mean for me I I take the little moments that were a setup before this episode and I sort of layer it in I mean I think they're so long ago though they were and a while I feel ago like they've had they've had so many shifts since then mm -hmm. that it and they've been around each other and it had we haven't seen any moments like this yeah. when they've been around each other everything has been we're friends, we're cool, we're, I mean, she's off sleeping with Eli and honestly didn't think Ben really looked like he cared in documentary. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Yeah, so you needed, you needed some more seeds planted here more recently. Um, well, we, the next time we see Ben, he's back in conversation with Lynn. Lynn's mm -hmm. like, hey Ben, everything copacetic? Yeah, uh, I had a I had a coach in college who used to use that word. He really liked copacetic. Keep it copacetic. Yeah, I'm like it's uh, a complicated way to say, "Are you fine?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's very Lynn to use a word like copacetic when the word "fine" would have done. <laughs> um, and then. He starts getting into what Ben thinks is going to be one conversation and then turns out to be an entirely different one where Very different. Lynn is just like, oh, Nicole, that Nicole, that Nicole. And it's like, oh, what happened? You guys break up? And he's like, no, we're going to the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird. Okay. So here we are. We're going to the Bahamas for two yep. weeks. Ben and thought they were breaking up. No yep, red flags anywhere. <laughs> yep. Uh... And they, they had, Ben had specifically heard from Nicole that they were not going to go anywhere um, mm -hmm. because it was, it, they just weren't clicking and it wasn't okay. And now she has agreed. Mm -hmm. So now he's like, all right, well, I'm going to have to do something because I'm having these super awkward conversations with my you know romance guy and we just can't have that yeah so he's got to put a stop to it yeah finally he you know grows a pair and says what you said earlier you stop coming on to me i'm gonna tell him yeah he sets Period. down boundaries and, and he seeks her out to do it 
he finds her, yes. gets, finds her in the cafeteria, pulls her aside, initiates this conversation. And his only goal is to say, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just stop. Keep your lips to yourself. Keep your tits to yourself. And keep your we'll hot chocolate cool. or your bag of whatever to yourself. Yeah. Keep your roofie to yourself. Keep your creepy and... stairs at the bar to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I am not interested. So we don't love Nicole. <laughs> I'm not loving her. I mean, she really hasn't done much this whole season. And now all of a sudden, man, Lynn, they Lynn just... doesn't deserve this. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't. He is so loyal while yet being surrounded by so many hot chicks. Yeah. I don't know. He's just, he's been a good guy, you know, for everything that we've seen to this point, he's been a good guy. And why, why just, you know, why? <sighs> but I don't know. So, you know, he's, he's then he's dealt with Nicole now. He has. And now he can get some knowledge dropped on him. And mm-hmm. the knowledge dropped is largest cherry pie exists in Michigan. And you know what? I knew that. Yeah. I knew that because Melissa and I had another roommate in college and the two of us thought, uh, this was after college, we thought it would be awesome to try to get a few of our former roommates together and rent a sailboat and sail around the Aegean for a couple of weeks and <laughs> it was going to be so cool and amazing and then we tried to get people on board and they were not having it so the two of us were like you know what second best option road trip to michigan yeah it was mystifying from afar (laughs) to see how the plan went from boating on the aegean to michigan i'm sure michigan is wonderful it was not okay that great (laughs) i mean i'm sure michigan itself is wonderful but what we planned was clearly not not the trip that you wanted (laughs) um we ended up at some sort of weird like airbnb situation sleeping in kind of a like a dirty bed with old man smell on it um and it was probably because an old man lived there and i don't know slept on the bed previous to us i it was rough um but it was only for that was just for a couple of nights. But we went when they had their big like cherry festival. Okay. So there was a whole cherry festival, and they're really into cherries over there. I can mm-hmm. tell you that. Um, <laughs> were we to redo this, perhaps we would plan differently. well okay but when julie is highlighting every single word of the travel guide in a way that people don't highlight she looked like she was physically drawing a picture on the travel guide but it was just using a highlighter yeah and she dropped this knowledge about cherry pie fish was like yeah i knew that one yep i did i said i yep i knew that um it's like we're on jeopardy so this is um, a this is a conversation though that I I thought that Amy Jo Johnson did a great job in this scene. You could read yes. every reaction she had all over her face, and she had some 
some nuance to play here where and, I mean it's like I have had this conversation and mm-hmm. uh, you know and it's uh I just loved her in this because I felt everything she was feeling. And she had so many different emotions at various points in this scene and it all translated to me. Yeah. Because Ben's reaction to learning about this lovely cherry pie um, is, are we too serious? And Julie's immediate reaction is, did I, did I do something? And it's sort of like a, a, a sort of an inhale, like a gasp. Like, yeah. a, do you think we're too serious? Like there's, there's a l- little bit of like the airs being knocked out of her and a little bit of alarm. Yeah. Just starting it off and she's like, okay, let's go down this road. Do you think we're too serious? She's like, well, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, she was having this, this one conversation about how they were going to spend the summer together. And all of the sudden she realizes she is in this really high stakes conversation Mm. and that the relationship, you know, could be over. And, and it can't just because, because like you said, she's sitting here highlighting a travel book, looking forward to a fun trip. So for her, right. this moment is the opposite of serious. This is the fun, right. <laughs> like this is the fun part. So him coming to her and saying, we're kind of serious. Don't you think, you know, it was really a rhetorical question. Cause it's like, well, here I am highlighting a travel book, Ben. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm talking about cherry pie. How much yeah. more fun do you want? Like, what do you want from me? So it's like, it's not what's happening in this moment. This is a thing he's thinking. And there's a gravity to that, that she is dawning on her pretty quickly in this conversation. Yeah, very quickly. Because he says, of course, it's not you. And she is, you know, I just wrote down, she's so perceptive here. I mean, Mm -hmm. she has so much emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. She reads him like a book and says, you know what? No, no, you're doing that guy thing. Mm -hmm. You act confused, but you really, you know what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And, and maybe, all right. Like at this point, I, she knows where this is going and Mm -hmm. he's not talking. And this is where it comes back to what we were talking about before, how hard it must be to get him to talk Mm -hmm. and pulling teeth. Because it almost feels like she's used to having to say all the hard things. Yeah. And then she says, and I want to single out this line because we're going to get a shade of it again later. Uh, She's like, all right, then I'm not coming on the trip. And it's not that she's saying it to be bitchy or to get him to fight her on it necessarily. It's like, no, the logical conclusion to this is that I should not be going on this trip. And he says, uh, no, I think you should go. And she says, you think I should, or you want me to. And he doesn't have the answer she wanted on that. I Um, thought he said, I want you to. Yeah. But she doesn't love the delivery of it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is he's, he is 
sitting there in that moment trying to make her break up with him and mm-hmm. she knows it and to me i just wrote down in all caps with an exclamation point coward i mean this mm-hmm. is the coward's way out she says you know all right then i guess we should take a break and he's like, I oh, get... I didn't say that. I didn't say take a break. I wasn't exactly. putting those words on. She's like, yeah, tricky how that happens when you don't use those words. Yes. And that is the award that I want to give because mm. I I think this is, Julie deserves an award for this. She is fully reading Ben at that moment. She goes, yeah, I know. It's a little tricky, huh? Not using those exact words. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know what? <laughs> I know exactly what is going on here. You effing coward. <laughs> yeah. It's it really is. And so, I mean, we've said the lines, right? But I think emotions that come from Julie in this scene is everything from um a like trepidation, you know, let that feeling that this suddenly became a very high stakes com- uh, conversation, not about cherry pie. And then, you know, you get that, like, did I do something wrong that like that apologetic, what can I fix? And then the realization, like Ben knows exactly what he's thinking here and he's yep. just not telling me and we can't have a conversation if he's not saying the things. So, you know, you get her sort of trying to draw him out. And then she gets, uh, I mean, what's the word for her when we were ending this part of the conversation where, you know, there is sort of an assertiveness about her saying, all right, look, I'm calling a spade a spade here. Can we just cut the crap? Like, let's just, here's what's going on. And, you know, I think, you know, I feel vulnerability and strength from her at various, at various points in this conversation. Ben has been a lifeline for her to normalcy in a really difficult year. He has been there for her through the rape that she experienced or, you know, the aftermath of that. He has been there for her pretty much all the way through the stuff that happened with her birth mom. She's just had some really heavy things happen. Ben has been a constant for it. And you know, even if the relationship has been difficult and the conversation hasn't necessarily been healthy and he's been snappy with her, there's still been a comfort in being in it. And she's feeling that get kind of ripped from her in that moment. And she's also not willing to put up with this weird middle space of then just knowing what he thinks and just not talking. Yeah, I I think she goes through so many different emotions but i i think at the end of the at the end of it i i feel like she's kind of pissed with that that uh i mean i it's not even sort of a i mean it's i guess kind of a dig but i mean she definitely sounds hurt and upset and angry uh, but not in a throw dishes kind of way just in a you know she takes things very personally Mm -hmm. i feel like she's a very sensitive person yeah and and she's also very emotionally intelligent so 
you know, this, any type of breakup, I think is, is going to be tough, especially after this year, kind of seeming like it's coming out of the blue. Um, and, and the way that he makes her break up with herself. I mean, Mm -hmm. I definitely think she's justified in all of those feelings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we sort of cut to the next scene where we just see her breaking down. She just crumbled. I mean, that the strength that she had at the end of that scene, she's finally let it go. She's so they're in Felicity's room, probably. No, no, no. I think they're in Julie's room. You think they're in Julie's room? Yeah, that's gotta be Julie's room because it's got all the floral patterns. Yeah. And it's not brown. And look, you're gonna have to talk about this scene because I I was not paying attention. I I couldn't pay attention because <laughs> Melissa knows I was watching this scene and all of a sudden very early on I go <gasps> and it was because the effing bike helmet is back. <laughs> and it's it has it didn't go away no it just it just moved rooms because julie has a bike now no julie doesn't have a bike have we ever seen julie on a bike no (laughs) but there's a several close-up shots with a bright blue shiny new never been used (laughs) still on a coat rack i mean Uh. Did the university just provide beds, dressers, coat racks, and a bike helmet to everyone? (laughs) Was that standard issue for every room in this entire college? Guys, Fish is really fired up. I'm so mad. This has been a thorn in your side for a whole season now. And it went away. It went away. And then they were like, no, it didn't. (laughs) back to haunt you and your dreams wow do you see this spike helmet in your dreams fish no okay nightmares your nightmares in my nightmares your your nightmare tonight is just gonna be like creepy music with nicole's face and then a bike helmet maybe nicole will be wearing i was just thinking no 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 one ever wears the bike helmet that's that's part of the bike helmet's <laughs> evil. Maybe nobody Nicole ever wears or it. Unzip a dress and hold up yeah. the bike helmet in front of her. <laughs> two, she'll have two of them. She'll have Felicity's and Julie's. <laughs> Just holding them up in front of those, you know. Oh my god. Okay, so that's an image we were. You listeners, you're welcome. Maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> Okay. So Julie's well, I don't know what else happened. I have no idea what else happened that scene. Well, okay. So to sum it up, Julie is crying to Felicity and Felicity is just there hugging her, being a good friend, basically holding her while she's crying. And Julie's kind of working some things out in her brain. She's like, you know, it's ironic. Now he's broken both of our hearts. And Felicity is just kind of sitting there just taking it in. Felicity doesn't really talk much. She's just letting Julie talk it out. And, you know, Julie is feeling the grief of the breakup 
And uh, I guess who better to console her than another person who has felt this way about Ben. Um, and that's pretty much the crux of the scene, but there's something really important that Felicity clocks during this uh, crying fest that happens, which is the fact that Julie still doesn't seem to know about Nicole. So she just knows, you know, Ben, he was being all guyish and he was like, not, you know, he doesn't, he made me break up with him and she's given all that stuff. But she nowhere in that conversation mentions Nicole. And, and fair enough, because Nicole really isn't the reason for this breakup, but Felicity knows about Nicole. And so she's wondering, huh? Okay, so that's not a thing that got mentioned in this breakup conversation. All right. And that'll ultimately take us into the scene at, back at Dean and DeLuca. It's the Friday night inventory session. And it's just Ben and Felicity in the stock room, in the back room. And they're talking about Julian. And, you know, Felicity is being a little distant with Ben and he's like trying to, I don't know, trying to sort of prod something out of her. He's like, yeah, you're not really saying much. And she's like, well, you didn't tell Julie about Nicole. And Ben's like, Nicole's neither here nor there. I don't like Nicole. And this is, this part gets interesting to me where Felicity's like, well, you know, obviously I can't go on this trip. You know, Julie's a friend of mine. I can't do that. I'm not going to go on this trip. Ben's like, wait, 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 wait. Why not? Walk me through this. Walk me through your logic. You still need to get to Cal- to California. And we will, we, the two of us will stop back on, on these points. But I think two things are important for this last scene. One is Noel is not going on the trip. So that's true. I, yeah, I skipped over that in my notes and shouldn't have really, because we've just found out that Nicole can't, that Noel, oh my goodness. Why am I confusing their names? To you. Ah. It's okay. Lynn and Lane for me, it's, it's Nicole and Noel for you. It's yeah. the N's and L's and, you know. Ugh. Can't spell Nicole without all the letters of Noel. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, Noel's not going to be able to go on this road trip. We're going to have to circle back to that later. But the we'll point... have to circle back to that. But yeah. that's important for this last scene. And the other thing that's important is that Megan has tried to put a love spell on seemingly, to, you know, some people. It seems like she's been messing around with spells and she's tried it a couple of times and she says it. It didn't work because I forgot the clove. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was an, an essential item that was yeah. missing from the spell. So yeah. now we can continue. Yeah. So now this brings us back to this conversation that's happening in Dean and DeLuca. And the, the line that I wanted to track earlier is coming back now where Ben is now basically trying to convince her like, look, you have to go to California somehow. Why not in a car for two weeks with me on a road trip? It's fine. Um, and he says, uh, he, he's trying to get her to come and Felicity says, do you think I should? And I just, it made me think of the conversation that Ben was just having with Julie, where she says, do you think I should, or do you want me to? 
And for her, the distinction between those things was very important. There was tension around that line. There was, they were breaking up. They were having another heavy conversation and a series of heavy conversations. And now Felicity says, do you think I should? And for her, there's no baggage with that. Like Ben could say whatever he wants to say to that. And there isn't like a judgment. Um, and so Ben's like, yeah, I do. And Felicity is working with, you know, looking at some boxes on a top shelf and she's like, oh, this one is so old, gross. It's from decades ago. And he's like, what is it? She's like, it's a box of clothes. No, no. How long ago was it? It was seven years. Seven years. Okay. It's cloves. It's dried cloves. Come on. Spices last forever. Spices last a long time. She's like, it's clove. And so she starts to take the box off the shelf, starts to fall down. The box tumbles to the ground. The clove spills everywhere. And the music that's happening in the background, the, the witchy music is happening in the background. And they have a long look. They have an almost kiss moment and they're whispering about the possible trip and oh my goodness. So the, when actors have chemistry in a scene, I tend to really feel it. And for me, I felt the almost kiss of this in my whole body. Like the, the intensity of this moment, which is broken only by somebody knocks on the door, I guess the external door. It was probably Sean. <laughs> it's probably Sean. Sure wasn't Danny because he was no. ushering at the orphanage talent show. Uh, so it wasn't him, but it was somebody. And they they broke up this this moment that was happening. But yeah, there was this lingering, almost kiss situation. And that's where we leave Ben and Felicity. Yeah, I... I need to go back and watch that again and see if I can pick out the chemistry because I was, I wasn't as pissed as with the bike helmet, but I was pretty pissed at this moment in time. She, she drops a box of cloves, which was the missing element from the spell and it's ground cloves. So it goes up into the air and it's all misty and yeah, magic and I wrote down and put two stars next to the words stupid cop out. Mm. And all of a sudden they're kneeling on the floor in dusty clove crap. And they have feelings for each other, like out of nowhere. And then they start leaning in for a kiss. And I'm like, what? Like, what? Well, I like that this scene, this moment lingers as much as it does, because at first they're just cleaning up the clove and they're close enough. They're working in the same spill of clove, right? So they're, they're close to each other and they just kind of look up. One looks up, the other looks up and they both looking at each other and you get that whole bit. So it's not just like, boom, we're on the floor, boom, we're kissing. It's like they're there's a proximity there that they haven't had a reason to have since the flick of the teeth. (laughs) Like we're circling back to a proximity that it has been a while since they've had it. And that we've seen, but 
they're going to college together, they're working together. There's no way that the two of them haven't been alone together at some point in the last, what, several months? Yeah, but I think physically they are have to be closer to deal with this solution, to, to deal with this uh, this problem than they've had to be probably for some of those other conversations. I mean, you can be in the same well, room or again, dealing with customers. That we've seen, but I just, I feel like it's so unlikely that the two of them haven't been together. And they've, they've just had so little, you know, attraction for each other mm. for so long. And I don't but know, there it have came been out things, of nowhere for me. Yeah, I think, I think what they really needed to do was to give you more recent examples of it. But I think about a scene like when, mm, let's see, when Felicity is upset about Hannah being back, was that, the, mm-hmm. that was probably in the fugue, um, you know, and they're both at Dean and Felicity and Ben are both at Dean and Jaluka. Felicity is sadly placing cookies on a plate and with it, with tongs or whatever. And she looks like she's been crying. Ben's clocking out and about to leave. He see, he catches her. He scrolls back into the conversation and he's like, talk to me. And, you know, I think even in that scene, you were, you were getting a certain energy, uh, I believe from him. And I think, you know, I think there have been moments where, you know, he's noticed her in a different way, especially as they started having more natural conversations where it wasn't just like, I'm, you know, I think you're a God. It's like, you're a person and I'm a person. Plus we have connections. And I think that scene in connections was really, really important where he, of all the people that he could have gone to, he, his first stop when he's ready to talk to somebody is Felicity's room in the middle of the night. He sits on her bed. They have a conversation. He says really deep stuff to her about thinking that he's turning into his father and, you know, just unloading some stuff on her and she's there for him and fully accepting of him as a friend. And I think that was a really important setup to this because I suspect that for him, there was a, I don't want to use the word loyalty. Um, if, I don't know. I think there was a reason he went to her room and there's a reason he followed her advice. And I, I think that he, I think that he feels a closeness to her. And I think that her being supportive to him in that moment weighed a lot. Yeah. And, and I would keep that word weighed in there because I think the reason he went to her room is because he hadn't hurt her mm-hmm. with his gambling mm-hmm. other than her, you know, trying to figure out where he was for a little while. And he had hurt a bunch of other people and, and he, you know, was surprised right when he walked back into the apartment, his apartment to see all these people who were waiting for him and caring about him. And, you know, yes, he did have, but he did have this, you know, deep conversation with Felicity and she has been someone who had very intense feelings for him. And the thing is, he's just getting out of this relationship with Julie because it's too heavy. Mm -hmm. Felicity is not a fling kind of girl. So this is where, again, 
I feel like this just doesn't make any sense to me because you've got one of two options here. Either Ben is attracted to Felicity because she's light and airy and it's not going to be as serious as with Julie or it's true love, right? And has to do with Megan's magic spell because it, it, there's been no real lead up recently and, and development of feelings for both of them, like really serious feelings just mm-hmm. for each other. And, and there's been no thought and expression to us about what this might do to the other people in their lives. Well, so, sit tight just, on that one. Your questions on that will be answered next episode. But the but that's what I'm saying is like it came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. they're going to have to deal with it now that it's here. So I think I guess my where I push back on this is that it doesn't come out of nowhere. It came out of not a lot recently. So I think what I've been seeing from these two characters since the pilot episode from Ben and Felicity since the pilot episode is that although their dynamic was very unbalanced in the beginning of the season, there was a connection. And I think that is another way you could interpret connections uh, from, you know, the title of the last episode. It, I think that Ben has always been able to have deep conversation and share a lot with Felicity even since the first episode. And I've been saying for a while, like I was cautioning you at the beginning of the season that like, this isn't really, Ben's not exactly like this. You know, he's like this with Felicity maybe, but he's not going to be the Ben who shares his deep seated feelings with every single character. And we've seen that play out with Julie where, you know, there's a lot left unsaid with the stuff that he chooses not to tell her. But with Felicity, even from the pilot, he's like, okay, I didn't actually have a brother. And, you know, he goes into all this stuff and he's like, you make me think about things. And that's from the pilot. And, you know, then you get, you know, the the break-in and his comfort is to go to her room in the middle of the night and have these long conversations. And she's starting to feel that he's being pulled to her. And then he gets scared and he backs off of that and she calls him out on it. But him going to her room after being experiencing the quickest beat down on the planet, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is him reverting to the behavior that he had after the robbery, where he goes to her room and they are talking. And we don't get to see them talk all night, but they're talking. And actually, did he go to did he go back to his apartment the next morning was the scene when he went back to the apartment with daylight i think it was daylight but i also think like when he was coming to her room it seemed pretty late right yeah it was definitely late it was late at night i presume it was the middle of the night um so he might have been there for some hours having a conversation and then she finally got him to go back to his apartment or maybe he slept there for a little bit. I don't know. Um, Hard to say, but I think the fact that he, I think that part is very important to me to connect us back to the stuff that was happening earlier in the season where, you know, he goes back to her room and connections 
And it's like we pick up again from maybe where they left off with the robbery, if you ignore like all the rewriting of the paper stuff and all the stuff that happened in the middle. It's sort of now the bookend to that. And, you know, maybe whatever he was feeling about her at that time, he's feeling it again. If that's safety, if that's the, the ability to express himself in a way that he doesn't know how to do with other people. So I know it's been a while and it doesn't feel satisfying for you. And I'm, and I'm bringing into this the knowledge of the whole series. So that's not really fair either, but yeah, I think if they're going to set it up, if they're going to set it up as this is true love, we have been trying to build towards, Mm -hmm. then that should be the reason Ben is breaking up with Julie. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be because he's in a heavy, serious relationship because moving to Felicity is not moving to a less serious relationship. Yes, but the thing is, do you think that he would have, okay, so if he's being a Ben that's not having a lot of courage in these conversations, when he's talking with Julie, he's not going to say, I want to break up with you because I want to be with Felicity. He's going to say, he's going to give a reason that feels like something that Julie can't really dispute. He wants this conversation to be over as painlessly and quickly as possible, even though it's going to cause a lot of pain for Julie. So he's not going to bring up Felicity and he didn't bother bringing up Nicole. He's just like, it's kind of serious, huh? There's been no buildup in the last, I don't know what, five, six, seven episodes to he's having more and more intense feelings about Felicity. Mm-hmm. So it's hurting his relationship with Julie. No, mm-hmm. it's been about gambling. It's been about like him snapping at her. It's been about a change in their dynamic. It really does feel like their relationship is not working out. Yeah. And that's fine. But the reason is not because he is in love with Felicity. The moment that it seems like he's all of a sudden in love with Felicity is after the cloves fall on the ground here. And then they, you know, are leaning in for this kiss. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's still coming out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely see that they've been growing closer in terms of conversation. For me, the ending of connections, it was a very important lead up to this. And I think that in the same way that you're feeling like if, when I asked when exactly did he go from just being snappy with Julie to realizing he doesn't actually want to be with her. And if your answer to that was, when the problems were taken away, you know, when the other, he has been dealing with a dire level of problems in his life that has, he has not been equipped to handle. He hasn't had the resources to handle it. It's been dangerous for him. It's been risky for him. It's, he's been stressed. And then the most serious stuff got taken away and he can be college boy playful Ben if he wants to be except for the fact that he's got this stuff happening with Julie perhaps um and you know so I think it doesn't surprise me that his outlook on a variety of other things now would be in review because he hasn't been able to think about any of that stuff he's been thinking about making ends meet dealing with Barry you know just all of the really heavy stuff that happened around gambling, but you take that off the table and now you can like kind of reassess what's happening in the rest of his life where he can. And 
it's it's making him draw some new conclusions about how he feels about Julie, maybe about other things too. So like if all of a sudden Felicity starts to seem more appealing as an option to him, it makes sense to me that it would happen on the back of other stuff being lifted off of his shoulders. So I can see that. I can see, you know, this, this sort of, you're right, weight off his shoulders. And not only is the weight of the gambling off his shoulders, at this point, the weight of Julie is off of his shoulders, mm-hmm. right? And now they're in this dark storage room in, you know, the best aphrodisiac there is, seven-year-old clove dust. That's it. And I mean, oysters, champagne, strawberries, seven-year-old clothes. I mean, right there. Um, (laughs) I mean, I don't know that I would have put it fourth on the list, but anyway, (laughs) you know, I can see him in that moment getting caught up and, you know, leaning in for the kiss and, and I get, I get that. I'm happy to, to take that interpretation, but. I guess what I don't like about that is still the whole spell thing where they're talking about love and it's like, well, yeah, you get caught up in a moment, fine. But if what we are then going to see, and so it will depend on future episodes, is him jumping, you know, head first into love with Felicity because of this spell, it's gonna bug me well Um, i think it's worth saying that this device is just a this episode device they're not going to make every episode about magic this that was something they did specifically around this episode i mean certainly megan is still um interested in these things but it's not the it doesn't prompt the action for the coming episodes one other thing i want to point out too is it's not as if Ben had an option on the table for a woman that we've met that would be a not serious thing because even with Nicole, had he just been like, I'm going to have a one night stand or I'm going to do something with Nicole, he's got Lynn to deal with then. Like he would be really messing up a very important friendship. So that is not an option that that is baggageless for him. So he doesn't really have something on the table of the people, of the women we know. That yeah, doesn't hurt somebody. Of the women we know, but as Lynn has pointed out, there, there are, are hot, hot chicks everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so any one of them. But they're not gonna they're not gonna do that with these characters, have them just like have a random one night stand and then walk away. I mean, they did they got as close as they were gonna get to with Eli. I was about to say, didn't and, they just do that? <laughs> and and he's you know, his one night stand happened over like three episodes. Yeah. So, you know. And I, I think it's fair to say that they, you know, there was a place for him in the story. There was a reason for him in the story. I think Ben blowing off steam with somebody we've never met doesn't make a ton of sense as you get to this point in the season. Um, um, I mean, as an 18 year old guy. Yeah. I think, I think it really, makes sense on a human level. We've never really known him to do that, I guess. He's been kind of a relationship guy. Well, he was with that chick at the beginning in the pilot, right? Yeah, when... but we don't really know how long that relationship lasted or what the nature of it was. 
Well, I thought it was over like the next episode. Yeah, but what was it really? I mean, I guess the point of Ben in the beginning is he's still sort of like an untouchable myth-like God. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) we know what Felicity sees of him and she's seeing him with certain eyes, but it's not really the full picture. I mean, I definitely, so I guess- where we're landing on this, because we can we can keep moving on to other topics, but I think I think where we're landing on this is it would have worked out so much better for you if this episode didn't have magic as a device to yes. make important plot points happen. They could have done the same types of things without the magic and another explanation that made sense, and you would feel a lot more satisfied about it. For me, I feel that there's so much chemistry between these actors and I really take, I've taken the point of all of the things that they did earlier to set up and the connections episode did mean a lot to me. And plus I'm thinking about, you know, the future of the show and other scenes and, and where the story goes. And so for me, I'm pretty satisfied with the, the turning point that we have in the clove moment. Um, but for you, because it was destroyed by being a magical thing. Um, well, but it's also that, again, as we've said, like, besides the one scene in, in the last episode, which I really felt was more of a, he just went to Felicity because she was the only one he hadn't hurt, right? It wasn't that there was some special draw to her. It was the fact that he actually hadn't spent much time with her at all so see that's therefore... the thing I don't think that that was the reason that he went to a room I know that that's yeah. what you were saying when we were watching it but for me I think about the fact that the last time he had a trauma and specifically like where he got physically assaulted was uh or in a situation where he like it was a violent crime and not necessarily like a bar fight um he was on the regular showing up at Felicity's door and having long conversations with her. And that's a level he didn't have to go to, but that was a comfort for him. And I think that I see that same pattern happening with what he did in connections. I know for you, it was about he, she is the one person who hasn't been hurt by him. I think for him, he was falling back into a pattern of what he did earlier in the season when he felt differently about her. So, and I don't think, even if it was him falling back into a pattern, I don't think that was a particularly help, healthy yeah. pattern and not something to build a relationship off of. And, you know, here, you know, besi- and besides that one scene, I, I don't feel like we've had a lead up to this. And as I said, I'm happy to take it as the interpretation of, you know, he's feeling free and now he's attracted to her. And so in the moment he's leaning in for a kiss, but if what then happens in the following episodes has to do with love, and and I'm not saying that the spell stuff is going to continue, but has to do with like that deeper feeling and it's not developed and it's like in the next episode and the episodes after that, there isn't some development from, hey, I was just attracted to you in that moment to, you know, if they're going to be in a relationship, the reasons that they would be in a relationship, mm-hmm. then that is not going to be satisfying to me. Okay. So it will, it'll kind of depend on where they take it from here. 
Yeah. Well, I am going to be waiting with bated breath to see what you think of the next episode. All I will say is that I hold to my opinion that the almost kiss moment was magnetic for me. Yeah, I'm um, gonna have to go back and rewatch it because it, I was too uh, out of it at the moment. Like I was rolling yeah, my were, eyes way too hard to be like in the moment. You were fuming. Well, the. Um, I'm not sure when they actually started dating in real life, but it might've been already. I didn't Well, they did date in real life. They did date in real life for some amount of time. Um, I think they broke up before the show was over, which probably was awkward, Ooh. I don't know. But it seems like they're still somewhat close now. Um, they've been like, they've done interviews together and like they, I, I think they're still, I don't think that was like necessarily really bad terms, but it's probably not great terms in the immediate aftermath when you still have to be together all the time on set. Um, but yeah, they were, you know, I, I think that whatever chemistry they may have as uh, Ben and Felicity, I think that there was a chemistry with Carrie and Scott. So there's that but okay so we talked about them <laughs> i will say that a lot of the other stuff i think can be summarized like the, there was so much time on ben in this episode yeah. so i think one other thing to look at might be Noel. yes uh, there are a few ways we could go but i think there's some Noel stuff um which we've hinted to a little bit because of the whole berlin thing but one of the things that happens early that we didn't cover was that Guy invites Noel to, so they have to work on a web project. They're in some class together and um, for web design and they have to work on a project. But unfortunately, Guy's going to be spending the next couple of days camping out in line for the Star Wars Phantom Menace episode or uh, this movie. And so Noel's just going to have to come to that line if he wants to get any work done with Guy. Mm. And that sets us up for that. I know you're probably over the moon <laughs> about this element. Well, I, I mean, I guess the Force, they had to work in some sort of Star Wars thing. And then Megan also calls her magic the Force. Yes. Found a little forced. Oh. Um, you did there. But... Yeah, I don't understand most of what was going on there. So I think it was a great setup for Felicity to fall off the bed, yeah. which we both clocked as hilarious. Yeah, we love that. And then and I, I think it's worth saying that J.J. Abrams, I mean, obviously now we know what an affinity there really is to Star Wars, given his recent mm. directing, but J.J. Abrams dropped... Star Wars re uh, references in a number of his TV shows well before that. So obviously we're seeing one here in Felicity. He had, uh, he had one in Lost. He may have had one in other shows as well. I just, you know, don't necessarily know the smaller mentions uh, that would have been made, but he's, he's got a love of Star Wars and he's managed to put it in some different episodes. I think this, this one is you don't have to love star Wars for this to be like, you know, it's, it's an episode that pays homage, but it's not the whole thing is about it. So hopefully it didn't stop you too much, but I don't know. Did it, did it land at all for you? I mean, I just ignored the star Wars part 
because mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was needed, but if he wanted to put it in there, fine. Well, I think that he does accomplish something with the Star Wars part. I think, he, well, he accomplishes something through Guy. Yes. And that is important. And I think yes. Noel absolutely needs the influence of Guy in his life right now, because so this is going to happen. Guy is going to be camping out. Noel's going to stop by this line. We get the obligatory, you know, pan down the line. We see a woman dressed as, you know, cosplaying as Leia, who's talking to a trash can, call it saying, you know, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and then, you know, there's guy talking to some other guy about a, a riddle or, you know, some sort of riddle from Star Wars and or trivia. And so there's the, that little cute stuff. Great. But the real meat of this is that Noel has just discovered that he got the dates wrong for his, for the internship and where he thought that he had the two weeks to do the road trip and then go to Berlin. He no longer has that option. He has to be in Berlin for the two weeks he would have been doing the road trip. So for him, it's a choice in front of him. And he is initially thinking, well, this is obvious. I'm going to do the road trip because Felicity. That's why, because Felicity and Guy hears this and he's like, what are you thinking, man? (laughs) Like, this makes no sense. Yeah. And this is the second sort of gender role reversal that that I really enjoyed, because when we see this in shows, even up to today, it's usually the woman wondering, should I follow my relationship or my career? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's her girlfriends around her giving her advice. And here it's two guys doing it. Yeah. And so I thought that was refreshing and kind of amazing that it was from like 20 plus years ago. And another example of Guy being a significantly better RA candidate than Noel. I mean, he just gives... Pretty Much good advice. advice. Um, regardless of what's happening in his life, I think the guy seems to see things fairly clearly. And he's he just at one point looks at Noel and he's like, okay, wait, wait, wait. So you're thinking <laughs> that you would rather go on a two-week trip with your girlfriend than the most prestigious internship in web design in Berlin. Yep. And Noel's like, well, when you put it that way, I'm actually fl- this is not actually my girlfriend. He's like, so my point is made even further, <laughs> Noel. Um, what's your problem here? And it's so obvious to Guy. And then he starts enlisting other cosplaying people <laughs> from the line. The guy dressed as, I guess, Obi-Wan Kenobi to be, um, the, you know, the whiz. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if, if, you, if you know Star Wars, go ahead and add us. Um, <laughs> that actually may be a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you may not want to ask for that one. Yeah. But I mean, in theory, he's getting like the, one of the wisdom, the one of the wise characters in the Star Wars world to help deliver the same wisdom that guy's been giving. And, you know, that guy's like, little friend, <laughs> you must do what you feel is right. Uh, you know, they pull up a, a line from a part of Star Wars that feels relevant to prove their point. And at the end of the day, it's just basically saying, no, what are you thinking? Like, what is this relationship you have with Felicity? And do you really think it's going to go away? And if it is, you really shouldn't miss out on that internship. What are you doing? Yeah. And that's kind of where he comes down on it. He's like, all right. So 
we get to see this scene between Felicity and Noel, mm. where we are exposed to all new stuff on his walls, which is <laughs> great. <laughs> yes, I that's hate what, this that's scene, what... by the way. I hate it. Really? Yeah. You hate a scene? Oh my God. Okay. All right. Hold on. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to enjoy this. Well, Go. I feel like this was a scene told from the character of Noel's point of view only. Felicity was like manic pixie dream girl, (laughs) unable to speak, talk, think, or react in any way. Like, I don't understand how they could make Felicity so vanilla, so dialogueless, so unquestion asking. And then, you know, she stares at him wide-eyed and almost in a daze through the entire scene, not just post kiss. I think you're supposed to feel like, oh, that was like the best kiss they've had. And they're both in a bit of a daze, but Felicity was like that before the kiss. So she just is like a blow up doll. I don't know. It just did not seem like her in that room. So I thought, who, whose perspective is this being told from? where Noel sits her down and says, I can't do the road trip. And she's like, since when? He's like, well, since I realized today or yesterday, wherever that, you know, like the Berlin trip is happening earlier and whatever. He doesn't give a lot of context for it. He's like, since yesterday. And so he's like, and it's not making it any easier, this whole friends, not friends thing. She's like about, you mean about the kissing? And he's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't kiss anymore. Should we just do one more to purge ourselves? Okay, that's the scene. They have their kiss. If you're Felicity, has Felicity ever walked away without questions? Why, why are you just finding out now? Why, you know, is there no option around this? You've made the decision, maybe like, like, Felicity isn't somebody who would ask no questions or just take all this lying down. She'd be like, what's going on? And then to just roll straight from into that, from that into, and then the whole being not friends thing. And she's like, okay, so we're just going to do one last kiss. And then we're not, we're just friends. Okay, fine. I'll deal with that. Like, who is this person? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess I, it's a weird situation for them to be in, right? Because they're not together, mm-hmm. but they're kissing. So to me, it read like he says, okay, I, I, I have to go to Berlin. And she just looks at him and says, you know, you're not going to lose me. Mm-hmm. And he says, I know, like, I get that now. But, you know, the whole kissing friends thing is making it kind of hard. Mm-hmm. And so um, when they had, do have that final kiss, I did think it was their best kiss ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice. It was gentle. He wasn't eating her face. Yeah, it was great. Um, but I do agree. I, I did clock the sort of TTYL moment at the end. They were just like, all right, bye. And that did seem odd, especially on her part where, yeah, I did feel like Felicity would have had some more questions about this. Um, This would never have been a short scene normally, you know, I mean, they have a whole freaking scene where she tried to convince him not to move. 
Right. And she gave him a whole speech. And that felicity. What's between us? And what does this mean for us? And all right, we're going to stop kissing. So then we're friends. So, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I even have questions. I'm like, so what does that mean? And, and since when has she ever not said exactly what she was feeling in the moment? And yeah. so they've just had this kiss. They've changed their relationship. They're not going on this trip together in the summer. There's no way she's not feeling anything and that it wouldn't immediately come out of her mouth. Especially, and you know that I disputed this at the time, but in documentary, she says in the documentary, I love him. Yeah. Noel then says the words, I love you to Felicity in person so she can hear it. She does not say it back in that same episode. And now are we at the full cooling off period where, you know, now Noel has to back out of this trip. He's going to be gone in Berlin all summer. They, he said, I love you, but they're not, but they're just friends who kiss and not anymore and she just doesn't react she just walks out of the room she's in a daze the whole time she doesn't ask questions she doesn't show that she's upset but like if he was if he was looking for her reaction when he said when he told her about the berlin trip and -hmm. if he did the same thing now she probably would have failed that test because she doesn't care (laughs) like she's like you won't lose me okay cool So I just, for for me, the, you know, the part of the episode that bothered you the most, I felt that there was at least some setup for it. This feels like a different version of Felicity in this room, or it feels like a Felicity that fully doesn't care about Noel, who spoke too soon when she said she loved him. Yeah. And I feel like it could be either of those things. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of, okay, now I don't have to deal with it, Mm -hmm. but she was the one who invited him on the road trip and they seemed to be having fun planning it together. Mm -hmm. So it didn't seem to me like she didn't want him to be around and yet she's not saying that much about, you know, you have to pursue your dreams and this, that, and the other, and she just you know, takes I'll the still line down here. and just leaves. Yeah, it, you're, it is. It's very weird. It's out of character for her. And this is the type of scene yeah. that, and I've said this before too, sometimes you see a scene play out and you think to yourself, this doesn't feel right. And is that now something that you're supposed to take on board? And that's part of the story. And that's how you're meant to look at these characters. And that's part of their journey. Or is it badly written or badly directed or, you know, like, you know, is it something that you throw away or is it something that you take with you into the future? And this particular scene, I feel like I need to throw it away because I don't think that any version of Felicity cares about Noel this little. Yeah. And we have to remember from previous episodes, you know, scenes are cut. So I 
feel like, you know, I had a, yeah. a big problem with the fact that Felicity didn't seem to think there was going to be any issues which had no hesitation whatsoever about marrying Javier. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the script and we find out there was this whole scene she had where she talked this through with Elena Yeah, and it was cut. And yeah. so, you know, maybe this is something else where, you know, this is the casualty of having to make a 45 minute show, but I yeah. agree. It doesn't. Or just a certain laziness of the writing. I mean, they had one thing to accomplish in this scene was Noel tells Felicity that he can't be going on this road trip. That is important that that happened. It's well, just. I assume there's got to be more to that because I'm hearing cliffhanger for the end of the season. And I think they need to say something about how Felicity feels about this yeah well they're gonna i mean there is gonna be a cliffhanger um and felicity is gonna be torn by some things in a way that she is not in this scene yeah so i i don't know i i think my answer to this folks is i'm just going to pretend this scene didn't happen even though we accomplish a goal of having noel say to felicity i cannot go on the road trip that's important but the rest of this feels uh, not representative of the Felicity that we know. And even if I have questioned how much she really loves Noel, like loves, loves him in recent episodes, she doesn't care about him as little as this. You know, like it's, this is just too, okay, do whatever you want, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not yeah. where I don't think that's where they are either. No. Um, I agree. Eh. And I don't know, maybe we can just quickly touch on Megan since it mm-hmm. kind of also has a little bit to do with this. Um yeah. you know, so she puts the clumsy spell on Felicity, and then Felicity is hilarious mm-hmm. tripping um, and dropping things and breaking cups yeah. and breaking shirts fantastic i yeah. mean bravo mm-hmm. uh and then i mean i'm just going through my quick stuff so jump in um megan wears the best tank top ever mm-hmm. and a fantastic necklace with it and just again bravo and puts a forgetfulness spell Yep, that's the um, second spell she puts on Felicity. And by the way, we got another shot of her room. You were very impressed. Yeah, they've really, you know, settled her into this Wiccan plus goth uh, style. And I, I did feel like it, it was, it was just very nicely done. Um, everything she was wearing, all of the set design from this, I really enjoyed there was one thing and you know bonus triple bonus points to anybody who can answer this but we saw something that was on her that was hanging from her bookshelf that looked like a giant belt with a skull in the middle wrestler belt just like a heavyweight champion of the world with maybe like a demon face or a something going on there yeah but fish you said and i agree with this it looked way too big to be a belt so 
what was going on there? Uh, would love to get people's feedback if you want to pause the scene on the <laughs> inside <laughs> of the room. Uh, just a little note, but we really appreciate the level of detail they go into with Megan, Megan's side of the room always seems so integrated and well thought out. And then everybody else's room has like a bike helmet walkers. Mm. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, but so she said it a second spell and Felicity, this forgetfulness spell, and we'll see that play out. You know, Felicity forgets an answer in McGrath's class. She, um, she forgets a license plate number when they're talking to the guy with the car. So, you know, the spells... Um her ID number. She forgets her driver's license and her driver's license number. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep. So it's, you know, it seems like either the spells are working or it's enough in Felicity's head where she thinks they're working. Yep. And then, you know, they set this up nicely with the triple wicked candle and, you know, all of the, the stuff going on, but Felicity walks in the room to see Megan ripping up her only picture of her and her friends uh, together because she's going to do a love spell. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a picture, by the way, with Felicity, Noel, Ben, Julie, and Elena. So the five of them. It's the only picture she has of all of them. It's, you know, back in the days when we all had four by sixes or five by sevens printed out. Yep. Yep. And I still do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and some of us still have that day is present day, but for <laughs> others of us, we went digital. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I like having some you know, around my place just to see some people. Yeah. But at that point, I kind of thought, you know, Megan's messing with everyone. She's messing with Felicity's head. Now she's going to start messing with everybody else. You know, what is going on here? Like I didn't, I didn't quite get it. Um, but I enjoyed this, you know, the last scene between them. So I don't know if you have anything else kind of before that last scene. Not really, other than the fact that we've got the tarot card structure of the episode, but we can circle back to that. Yeah. So Megan tapes the picture back together and she explains that, you know, she was trying out this love spell and it seems like it didn't work again because she left the cloves out um, and she's being really sarcastic. And it wasn't 100% clear, but it seemed like, you know, Megan likes someone and yeah. she was trying this love spell out. And Felicity is being really nice. And she goes over and says, I. You know, I, I think those other two spells were working. And to me, this conversation that they have, you know, saying, you know, wouldn't it be nice if spells were real and you know, we could just do something like this and make stuff happen? You know, these spells are kind of about a, a certain sense of powerlessness mm-hmm. that they have. And you know, I, I thought it was kind of a, a touching moment and a real, a real second to, to look into Megan. She was actually being vulnerable around Felicity. Mm -hmm. And I, so I really enjoyed that nice little roommate bonding moment. And I think your point about like, maybe Megan was doing this for her because 
uh, Felicity says, were you trying to spell on somebody you like? And Megan's like, no, on somebody I hate, you know, it was just like, duh. But, you know, obviously Megan used a picture of Felicity and her four friends for in some part of this spell, but it does kind of a little sound like she was trying to hook somebody of her own. Um, I took this scene to mean, you know, she wasn't just messing with Felicity for no reason. She was practicing. Mm-hmm. for herself to get these spells right to the point where she could do the love spell for herself. Yeah. And I enjoy, but of course, you know, it's Megan, right? So Felicity is now sitting on Megan's bed, having this, and, and, and Megan, you can see her brow furrow a bit from the moment <laughs> Felicity starts walking over, but she lets it happen. She lets Felicity comfort her a little bit. It's like, yeah, I do. I feel like, yeah, maybe the other spells did work and, you know, wouldn't it be nice if all this, could be fixed by magic and Megan's like yeah wouldn't it and then she looks over at Felicity and she snaps back into reality and she's like get off my bed (laughs) (laughs) just the hushed whisper of a get off my bed brings us straight back to the Megan we know it was so great and but it 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 wasn't an aggressive get off my bed it was just sort of a I, I recognize what is happening at this moment and, and I reject it. <laughs> you're not supposed to be here. Like this is, yeah, like this is not okay. You are way too close. This Please is a lovely myself. And it is over now. Yes. <laughs> yep. I, and Felicity to her credit is just like, yep, that tracks. Yeah. And gets up. <laughs> <laughs> walks away. Like I was, I was on borrowed time here on this bed. Um, yeah. And I also think, you know, if we're going to mention anything else about Megan, it's just sort of worth noting the different tarot cards that we see come up on the screen for different parts of the episode. We saw the world card. And so the first part was voyage. Well, and they're talking oh, sorry. About- before, before we get to that, just, I think we already said it earlier, but just to underline it. So Megan did tape the picture back together, Mm. but she taped it together in the wrong way. So now instead of Felicity being next to Noel, she's next to Ben, which to me makes me kind of wonder, was taping the picture back together part of the spell and, you know, is Megan still sort of kind of trying something but yeah or was it she thought the spell didn't work and this is just shoddy workmanship um you know either way we do get the dusty clove moment we do get the dusty clove moment which some of us enjoy more than others so yeah and then you know with the tarot card structure as sort of like an eight act episode the first act was the world card with voyage written next to it so i guess that lines up to some degree with the road trip idea. Yep. And then we had strength, the card strength, and then the word action next to it um, for whatever that brings us to. We had- and There was a quick shot on Megan right after that in which she had a fabulous outfit. Hmm. Um, we had the tower card, which uh, the, also the screen showed the word adversity. And then we had the Empress 
and the word tempted was up and I presume that was linked with Nicole. Yeah, I mean, tempted, the only scene that occurred was Nicole getting naked. Mm-hmm. So. And then that brought us to the moon card, which was associated with danger. Yes, and that is... I mean, I really didn't feel like these fit particularly well, but yeah. Yeah. And then we had the high priestess, which tracked with secrets. Which basically was secrets coming out. Yeah. Sort of. And then the queen of swords card, which was associated with loss. Julie's losing Ben. Yeah. And then the lovers. But actually... It was gain because we were gaining a bike helmet again. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I'm not sure what. But again, cards it was lost because it made me lose my freaking mind. Yeah. <laughs> so you really did. I I didn't. I missed the bike helmet at first uh, when we were in that scene, and Fish is like, "Can can you go back like ten seconds?" <laughs> I no, like, sure. no, no, I did not need that scene rewinded. That was the scene where I saw it and I went, <gasps> and then a couple seconds later, you saw it and you were like, oh, I know what I said is what, whose room are we in? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we went and back then and we checked like, it. I think we're in Julie's room. And then you were like, but there's a bike helmet. Yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew every, it was all about to break loose uh, on the back end of this podcast. Guys, listen, it wasn't pretty at first, that? but we've gotten to a better place. Have we? Yeah, I think we have. Well, if but if we want to get back to a terrible place, how about we talk about <laughs> McGrath? Well, um, we're on the lover's card. Oh, yeah. The lovers also signifying love. Uh, yeah. Clove. Um, Can't spell clove without love. I mean, that is a true statement. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you never thought of that, folks. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I guess now, now we get to talk about more yuckiness there's not much to say with this storyline but there's so much to say at the same time there weren't a lot of scenes but they were just trying to get from point a to point b with it which is elena well elena and mcgrath set an actual date for dinner they're going to go to a bar to try a tribeca hotel and mcgrath seems to be forgetting that elena's not 21 but whatever fine that matters to him i'm guessing the people at the bar are going to serve him but uh i think it's important to note that elena is not coming on the trip because she is going to stay in the city all summer yeah and i'm assuming uh stuff is going to happen i don't know what stuff but and i think this is the first time because elena and felicity are in mcgrath's seminar And Elena says, oh, you know, go ahead. I'll be right there. I have to ask McGrath a question. Mm-hmm. And Felicity turns around as she's walking out the door. And I think this is the first time she looks a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. She's like, what yeah. is this? I mean, we, we hover on her face for a minute. 
And your payoff then, on that is not going to happen anytime soon, though. I will tell you that. But it's awesome. interesting that you think she's clocking something in this moment. I mean, it's just the first time that Elena has said, you know, I'm going to wait. And but they like held on Felicity's face as she's watching Elena stay back with McGrath. Yeah. Yeah. And we also get, you know, another classroom scene where Felicity's forgetfulness spell is on and she's trying to list out three things that are an answer to a question, but she can only remember two. And Elena raises her hand to answer the question. And McGrath is like, you know, it'd be great if you'd let somebody else answer for a change. So he snaps at her a little. And it's awkward. It's a weird moment in the room. And it prompts Elena to come back to McGrath later and be like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work. We can't keep this professional. Um, and he's and like, you know what? Moved. It's not professional. He's a teacher. She's a student. That's not a professional relationship. Yeah. Well, she doesn't actually use the word professional, but I think she's just seeing like, this is going to get messy. And he immediately knows what she was talking about. He's like, you know what? I think I was just overcompensating. He says... I've only been in a relationship with one other student. It's different Lies. circumstances. Lies. Shots fired. Lies. Uh-huh. Yeah. They both agree that they feel intimidated by each other. And then they have Your an intimidated lies. kiss. No, we didn't actually have to see the kiss. They I didn't even it. make us see it. They just yeah. like had them get in real close. And as the lips were about to touch, they fade out. Fade Thank goodness. Yeah, that's it. I wrote that down. I was like, we didn't have to see the kiss. Yeah, thank um, you, editors. Yeah, we appreciate that. So okay. have to mention this. Uh, Elena was wearing a fantastic shirt. Oh. It, it was very colorful and lovely and kind of like Megan's tank top, but the uh-huh. short version. Okay. So loved that. Okay. Um, McGrath, absolutely overcompensating by dating a student. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah he is not rusty he is not intimidated he wants her to say that she's intimidated so he can be all like nah yeah and he lies about his relationships with other students and we know that it happened with that girl like last year mm-hmm. so i mean this is all part of his move yeah I just and 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 elena's reaction to this is just so cringeworthy for me i mean she just she, i mean she she's just, just hooked in all it. the way in yeah. yeah she's sucked in by his whatever his charisma is to her yeah i'm not she, feeling it she <sighs> has bought it hook line and fish hook line and fish oh. and yeah it's unfortunate boo hiss that's what i have to say about mcgrath um, I agree. But I thought I, I, as we sort of have wrapped up the general notes, thought I'd jump in with my note from an optimist here, which I've been thinking to myself, okay, our pattern is I say something to be optimistic <laughs> about and you find a way to make it cynical and awful. So I thought, is, is there anything? happens. I have agreed with you. I just add a note of caution. You always add caution. So I thought, yes. is there anything I can come up with that doesn't, <laughs> it's, impo- it's like caution list. There's nothing like, like how can I find something that Fish can just totally agree with without qualification? So here, here's my attempt. 
note from an optimist. And this one is inspired by Guy because bonus points to Guy for being a better advice giver than Noel ever. Uh, but that I agree with. Okay. Okay. That's not my note from an optimist though. My note from an <laughs> optimist is, hey guys, go out and find your community, find your people, you know, whether it be a line of people waiting for star the star wars episode or you know phantom menace to come out or you know just whether, find your find your friends find your tribe find your group and and be yourself in that space and that's what guy does guy you know he he knows who he is he's not afraid to be who he is because he's found his people what do you have to say about that fish i mean i agree find your people and then don't sleep with them. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> Why as, not? Why as we have seen between, you know, the big group of of Noel and Felicity and Ben and Julie and Elena and everyone coming together and liking each other and not liking each other and sleeping together and look, find your people, get your community together. And then don't shit where you eat. Well, I, I just, you know, I feel like with this, are you supposed to just be with people you have nothing in common with? That doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like it makes more sense to be, to connect with people from environments where you are doing activities or you feel comfortable in that space. I don't know. I don't know I mean, that I feel fully comfortable in this space now that I hear screaming on the other end of your mic. The neighbors. He's totally staying in. Yeah, yeah, it happens. I have I have a kid for a neighbor and it's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think that goes well with all the Nicole stuff from this episode. So maybe she's reacting to that. Um, yes. So... I think that brings us to our new segment that we've been trying, the what the glove did they say segment, which gets a new theme of song maybe every time, or at least in a different key. So um, fantastic. Yeah. It. So Fish, walk us through it. What did you find this time? All right. Well, probably unsurprisingly, both of the scenes are between Nicole and Ben. So we've got two, and they're both part of the part of a conversation. Uh, so the first one is I'm just going in, in chronological order, although I do think the second one is better. Mm-hmm. So Nicole is asking Ben, "How do you feel about me?" And Ben says, um i i like you i really do you know you've got a and i've got a so then nicole pipes in so it's kind of perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so that's the first one i think that that one worked out mm-hmm. and the next one again is the conversation between ben and nicole when She's coming up to roofie him. And Ben says, what are you doing here? Nicole says, I'm bringing you a hot. Ben says, okay, you know what I think? What? I think you should take this hot and you should give it to Lynn. 
And Nicole says, Lynn doesn't hot. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, what word do you think love was in the, the second one? What goes into your mind? What was she bringing him a hot one of? I mean, I think I said it earlier. I, th- I think it was just dead rabbits, but I. That's I mean, true. That's true. And Lynn doesn't what dead hot dead rabbits. Uh, tickle. Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. I agree. We just mad libs ourselves into a totally new scene. Yeah, this, uh, wow. this tells you a lot about Melissa that <laughs> her immediate reaction to. I'm bringing you hot and her because her boyfriend doesn't hot was tickling dead rabbits. There was that her boyfriend doesn't tickle rabbits. And by the way, (laughs) what a useless, (laughs) what a useless pursuit to tickle dead rabbits. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently super important to Nicole. Why would that bring satisfaction to anybody? Um, <laughs> oh boy! Um, yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm also a little uh, mystified <laughs> why the dead rabbits are hot, but okay. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm never going to be able to watch this scene ever again. <laughs> I'm thinking that she fried. <laughs> A bag of dead rabbits to take a look. Guys, just try to watch a scene at any point in the future and not think about that being a bag of dead rabbits to take a that, that is your goal. Okay. Don't think about um, it. Yeah. So you're welcome, uh, listeners. Yeah. yeah. That um, was uh, that was all Melissa. That was the what the glove did they say? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if you're loving this segment, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not, we could try something else. I got a lot of joy out of this one. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm I'm not cool. I'm not okay, but it's all right. She has turned bright red and can hardly breathe and is currently like crying from I'm still trying to host a podcast. It's not easy, guys. It's not easy. (laughs) All right. Not attempt this at home without a net. I did want to just point out. uh, So in the after you listen to this tape, you have to erase it segment. Mm, There's a lot of feedback that we have that I want to point to soon, but it's just a speck too early for it. But I did think it would be fun to just look back. We asked a question on Instagram recently. And I thought I'd read it and let you know the resounding response that we got. So uh, Noel, I, there, there's a picture. Who is your favorite of Noel's resident friends? We got Richard, we got Guy, we've got Lewis. And we said, Noel has been collecting number one fans from the dorm of the course of season one, which is your favorite. And here's how I boiled it down. Richard equals opportunistic entrepreneur still nursing a summer camp related heartbreak. We have Lewis, who's the knife wielding conscientious objector who likes hugs. And we have Guy, who's arguably a better advice giver than his own RA. Now, we got overwhelming response of Richard. Yes. We had a, a few people who were like, Richard, 
also a maybe guy, but Richard. Yeah. But we had a couple people whose responses I really wanted to highlight here. Who um, we had at Todd underscore Mulcahy say the dish is going up and you're going down, <laughs> Richard all the way. Uh, so you know, thank you, thank you for really plugging that. And then at the underscore versus underscore rewatch our friends at the versus rewatch um i mean richard wins hands down i'm so glad they made him a regular the others are fun too i loved guy this guy gets a little love but we had some uh, richard was like the one everybody loves i mean he is the funniest he's around the most i mean guy has that amazing hair Mm -hmm. um you know how I feel about Guy. Like, still love him. Not as good as his other role. But, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I do I do agree. I think between those three, Richard wins. Yeah. Lewis is a distant third for all of Very. us, it would appear. Yeah. I, I don't think I really even remember him that much. He has his moments. He has little moments. It's okay. Well, I do. You're right. I do remember him saying that he was a conscientious objector. And then Richard, with the better line, you're a conscientious wuss. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's Richard. Okay. Okay. Me too. Well, let's see. What's left to do? Well, we can read the episode. Fish, do you want to jump in and share your reading of this one? Nope. Oh. You're throwing it back over to me. Okay. Well, I had a couple options here for units of measurement, but I went with boxes of clove. Oh, okay. Yep. Like seven-year-old clove? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to add that in. Boxes of seven-year-old clove. Okay. I like that. You're just editing that one in. And I went with 7.9 out of 10 for this one. Wow. All right. So I still feel like for me this is a strong episode and the overall trajectory of the back third of the season but again this one's gonna get a little dinged because felicity keeps leaving tapes for sally and goodness sally (laughs) is not having it she's just not giving us any answers ever so they're half doing their device still uh there's that also, the scene, that scene with Felicity and Noel just was like, if you're, if you're feeling like you need to throw a scene out to understand the story, yeah, there's a problem, you know, because they could, that can't be the way. And I think, you know, hearing you talk about it, like for me, there are a lot of things that feel connected in this episode for me, because I'm still remembering stuff that they've been setting up along the way with, let's say, Ben and Felicity, for example, whereas you wanted to see it more recently, you didn't want to see us magic our way into it. Um, I don't feel like we are just magicking our way into it, but I see how you're getting there. And so I think there is a lot of stuff that is a little too... um, there's enough randomness. You've used a really good word to describe some of this stuff of just like lazy. Yeah. And I think that there is a certain laziness to this. I mean, the Nicole stuff, you know, it did we did we need it? Well, I think it helps us to sort of know that Ben's not just looking for any old person. Um, but you know, it does 
come after not seeing Nicole for a while. So there's, there hasn't been a lead up to this. The last time we saw Nicole, she was just sort of by Lynn's side. Um, and she didn't really have much of her own independent thought. And then we see what was happening under the surface and they're like, ah, um, so I don't know. There is, there's stuff that they probably could have done that would have been a heavier lift for them in the writing room, but could have made you more satisfied. And I think I have to notice that as somebody who's watching it, but I, you know, as somebody who really doesn't enjoy a good Ben and Felicity scene, the chemistry I felt from them towards the end was really powerful for me, even if it didn't land for you. So I think, I don't know, it's strong, but could have been written better. Well, I want to start with, you know, the things that, that I thought they did really well, which was, I mean, of course, Megan's outfits and mm -hmm. that shirt that Elena had and the way that they sort of constructed and have been filling out even more um, Megan's side of the room. I really liked all of that. I loved the the gender role reversal um, where Noel, you know, was considering his relationship um, or his career. And, you know, I thought that um, that Felicity and Noel had a very nice kiss. Mm -hmm. But that was, uh, that was a nice one. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, I mean, look, y'all have heard me. I don't like anything about the setup. I don't like the magic. I don't like the fact that Ben and Felicity, you know, haven't had any chemistry up to this point recently. Uh, I don't really like how, you know, Ben is treating Julie, although I did think that was a pretty realistic scene. I thought you're right, Amy Jo Johnson, and that was was fantastic. I don't like how Nicole just comes out of freaking nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um and Ben just sort of lets her do whatever. Uh not loving the costumes or the Star Wars. <laughs> um oh boy. Yeah. Just... How low will she go here, folks? And then the bike helmet's back. <laughs> I mean, they're just, there's so, <laughs> so many things to dislike about this particular episode. <laughs> um, so, look, the lowest that I have gone is, is a 4.5. Mm-hmm. This one gets a two. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, the I just. Ben and Felicity fans everywhere are just screaming. Two action gloves. I just. Look, and maybe when I go back, if I actually see the chemistry, but currently my eyes hurt. Yeah. I've been rolling them over and over and over again. And I just, I can't do it. 
I can't do it anymore. Wow. Well, this needs to stop. This is rough. And I wonder if the, is this the reaction of a person who really remembers the show versus a reaction of a person who doesn't really remember the show? Or is this just how you would feel even if you watched the whole series and then came back to this episode, if you would feel the same way? You might feel the same way. Um, I feel I think like I would feel the same way. I mean, the the magic really poked a hole in this episode for you, I think. And the bike helmet. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it is losing a lot of points for that. People who don't want to hear about the bike helmet or Sally's tapes anymore are going to be sorely disappointed <laughs> with our episodes in the back third of this season. Um, whew, it's been rough. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. You well, know, I still enjoy talking about it with you, but this but was, this was painful. This was I a rough one wonder how you're going to feel about the next one, but we'll see. Um, and Nicole coming out of nowhere, just like no, yeah, no. yeah. Well, I, I also did not particularly like the tarot cards. I didn't think anything other than the tempted one really had anything to do with the scenes, and maybe the voyage for road trip. But that's still kind of a kind of a stretch yeah Yeah. i'm sorry this this was not my episode okay well i that makes me wonder what you're going to think about the next one but we will see uh for those of you who want somebody who's probably going to be very upbeat about the next episode you can feel rest you can rest assured that that will probably be me for sure and then uh you know we'll see what happens for fish as we get to this next episode i have no idea um hopefully when they take the magic element away that'll take some of the question out for you but we will just see how it goes because our next episode that we watch is going to be felicity was here there's a little bit of housekeeping that we need to do here so uh for those of us (laughs) for those of you who are still with us practically three hours into this podcast uh we would love to hear what you think about Felicity in general or this episode or whatever, uh, or rabbit, dead rabbits being tickled. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you want to write to us, you can reach us at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. If you want to know what from us when the episodes are released, we send out a newsletter every time we release a new episode and you can find, you can sign up for that. Just look at the show notes and there'll be a link there. So those are a few things that we always say, but we also wanted to mention, you look, we're getting to the end of season one. I can't believe it. Fish, we're almost there. Um, we've got one more episode left in this season. Next week's episode will be the season finale for season one. So here's our plan. We are going to do, we're going to record our next episode as normal, covering the 22nd episode of season one. And then we're going to, we're going to, the next week, we're going to do a season one recap. Uh, we're, we've thought of a couple different ways to talk about season one in a new way and just put a finer point on some of it and make sure we're all kind of on a page that leads us into season two. And then we're going to take two weeks off. And then we'll start recording season two. So we'll remind you again next time that we're going to do this schedule. Maybe we'll remind you up front next time. And this is just, you know, a chance for us to take a little bit of a break and, and think about what we saw in season one and then come back to season two fresh. That's the plan. Right, Fish? 
It is. Uh -huh. yeah, that is our plan. Is there anything else you wanted to mention as we close out? I don't think so. Um, I think I've, you know, I've I've rambled on for quite a while. And I think I do think the next episode will be better because if it doesn't have Nicole and it doesn't have magic and God willing, it doesn't have the bike helmet, then <laughs> like I'm feeling much like had those things not existed in this, I probably would have given it like, I don't know, at least a four <laughs> no, more like a 6.5 to a seven. Okay. All right. Yeah. Boy, those things really bring it down for you. Okay. So yes. we're just yes, going to have to see what happens, but I'm looking forward to it for sure. I don't, and I'm curious to see what fish will think, but I will be happy. I will be happy about the next episode. <laughs> I promise. Uh, it'll be fun to unpack it, but I'm pretty sure I'll be glowing. So that for those of you who came off of this episode and you're like, what happened to the world? Um, well, your spirits may be lifted next time. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. So until next time, fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye everyone.